Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys very much for being with us here for episode number 182 it is monday june the 29th 2020 and we are here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again as always i'm joe Murata. i'm joined by michael quinn how you doing michael Howdy, hey mike what do you like what's going on oh, in your life I'm, lately i'm looking at donna goldsmith or whatever <laughs> yes. over here that's we, that's what's going on we have a brand new uh picture in the ovp studio here it is of donna goldsmith the senior vice president of wwf consumer products from the late 90s very retro very proud of that very <laughs> stephanie wine-esque it, it, it too can become yours on ebay uh but folks we're not just here to talk about donna goldsmith mm-hmm. who isn't really though yeah, <laughs> hot topic hot topic let's just the first segment donna young yes. up and comer <laughs> donna goldsmith now we are here of course to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling and we do have some great topics in store for you we think but before we get to any of that we wanted to remind you if you have a twitter you can follow us there at ovp podcast that is where you'll get the clips yes the clips the ovp clips ovpclips.com yes That's clippy clippy <laughs> it's a hot site it is a hot site the whole point of our twitter is basically to share kind of on this day stuff that happened in wrestling sometimes it's obscure sometimes it's stuff you've seen before we have a lot of fun doing it and a lot of people seem to enjoy it so if you just want your fix of retro wrestling clips Go to at OVP podcast on Twitter. You can also email us if you have a long form question or essay or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can do that at OVP podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there right. is a place. Yes, there, there is a place, is. right? I've heard. And what happens there is you can talk to you, yes. me, and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics. Where is that? It's uh, OVP.com Facebook slash face. Right. Okay. That, that's that's its site. Okay. So what? Over there, uh, they have a search bar. I've heard they do. At Facebook face, yes. At Facebook face, yes. And in the search bar, you type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast. Bing, bang, boob, tubes, gore, kaflui. And what happens then? You know, there's a group button. You hit it, join, and then the operators, they, they, obviously, they, they they're see, standing they by. see the facts come in, and they're like, right. oh, okay, and then they open that tube up. Yeah, so just fa- <laughs> fax your request to join our Facebook yes. group. Here's the point. Here's the whole reason we actually have it. It's so you can talk about retro wrestling, but do it in a way where people uh, are nice to each other, people are respectful. Basically, the one rule, Quinn, is don't be what? A dingus. Don't be a dingus. Or dingai. Don't be a dingai. What does that mean? It means just don't be... Uh, don't be mean to each other. You can disagree all you want, but no personal attacks and things like that. There's enough of that out there. We try to have a place where you can just talk about the really stupid and the really fun stuff in the world of retro wrestling. It's over on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And later, if you want to support OVP, we're going to have some info, but patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That is where we don't do this to get rich or anything, but if you've liked OVP for a while and you want to support us in any way, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You get a lot of extra content there, more information to follow. But, Michael Quinn, mm-hmm. 
this season, we have a new segment. We started it last I've week. I've heard that. And folks, if you want to get in on this segment, we are taking requests. You can send those to us on Twitter, on our Facebook group, or email them to us. But basically what we're doing is we're talking about, you know, how throughout the history of wrestling, particularly maybe in the 80s and the 90s, a young superstar would enter, let's say, the World Wrestling Federation or the World Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And for maybe several months or even several years, that superstar would be touted as a young up-and-comer, you know, this is a guy with a lot of potential. He's got good hair. He's got good hair. He's got good condition, right? Yes, he, he's works, g- he works out. He's improving. Yeah. He's going to make a name for himself one day. He's in the ring every day That's training, right. and every day he's getting better, That's and then right. he's going to beat Sting or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. And sometimes this does work out, and sometimes you get some brand new superstars, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way that maybe people might have hoped. And this is a segment, folks, that we call The Up-and-Comers. That never came. Now, Michael, mm-hmm. this was more of your suggestion, but I yes, mean, yeah. we both have an agreement here. Uh huh. Who are we talking about this week? Uh, Mr. Paul Roma. Mr. Paul Roma. Come down, young man. <laughs> yes, get down here, young man. There he is. The job guy from the WWE? Like, what? Before we get to Paul Roma, some people would say, well, he, you know, he had success in the WCW as a tag team champion, member of the Horsemen. (laughs) So what is it to you? Why didn't he come? He was an up and cover that never quite made it. There's just like, what is he? There's no personality. You know what I mean? Okay, fair enough. What are you going to do with that? He's got hair that's good or something. <laughs> He's got like, a good drop kick. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. That's amazing. Well, let's roll it back. Paul Roma, a lot of people know who Paul Roma is. Mainly, if, if for no other reason, folks, you know who he is because people make fun of him as being the member of the Horseman in 1993. Right. Well, it's really just this... I, I really think he's the most famous for saying that he was like better than Ric Flair or something. Well, he didn't like, say I he think, was better. He said that Ric Flair wishes he was him right, at that point in that time. Just that one comment, like, and everyone hated him since then. Which isn't quite fair, you know what I mean? Cause, it's weird because it's like so many years ago, yeah. and like I'm surprised people remember it, but they do. Rick wishes he could have been me, but he couldn't. He's older, wasn't as good looking. So Paul Roma entered the WWF at the age of 24 in December of 1984. At I least want you to... he wasn't 15 or whatever. <laughs> like Mac. Yeah. I want you to remember that, though. 1984 is when mm-hmm. Paul Roma joined. And right from the get-go, throughout 85 and 86, he's basically what we what we talk about here. That hot, young, up-and-comer, good physique. He's a fine young man. You barely know that. wins as a single. <laughs> barely wins as a single. Chris Roma's a fine-looking athlete, too. A very good athlete. Except that right now he's against a very strong and vicious uh, beefcake, and he's not doing too well. Starts to win in 86. Teams up with SD Jones as a tag for a while. It's going to be really exciting. <laughs> Always exciting when you're tagging with SD Jones. <laughs> they had some success in Australia on yeah. that Australian tour. Australian tag matches. It's a very probably, big deal, yeah. yes. Uh, and then in mid-1987, he starts teaming up with a fellow up-and-comer, the young Jimmy Powers. Wow. So <laughs> What a super team of young up-and-coming people. So the young Stallions, Quinn, was like, like your very typical pair of guys that look similar, similar build, similar, similar physique. <laughs> Similar talent. Now, these guys, they're the precursor to, like, Strike Force, sort of, or kind something. Of like the like Can-Ams. You know, that it's kind of thing. It's in that mold. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost in the mold of, like, uh, Brunzel and Greg Gagne, the High Flyers right. from, like, the 70s. So if we team up the young and upcoming up-and-comers, you know, now they'll be not up-and-comers. They'll just be comers or something. I don't know. 
Sure. And the Young Stallions were actually a pretty good tag team, if you ask me. They weren't a bad team. They were in the all ring. right. They were I, all right. They just they never really doing anything. Not really. Yeah, you know what you know what I mean? Like it's just nothing. Young Stallions getting the accolades from this capacity crowd here in Bean Town. You think that's the main problem with that team is they, they kind of were on the rockers level of a non push. Here's the problem is that there was like sixty teams in that <laughs> division. Like the like Killer Bees, for example, are like you know, they're not even that good, but they're, but they're better, a better than version them. of that. Yeah, right. it's it's I, that's all I'm saying is like there's just there's so many British Bulldogs, Heart Foundation. They're all Islanders, young. Islanders. Yeah. Rougeau Brothers. Right. All these guys are already young. But Did they, you say they, demolition, too. No what, demolition. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, like, I don't compare them to demolition. Well, demolition is like Axe is also like 45 years old or something <laughs> by that point. So he's true. not really young and up and coming. But I'm just saying it's like there's a lot of tag teams and there's a lot of young tag teams. That's true. The yeah. hearts were young. Yeah. A lot of those guys were. So they didn't have much success. I mean, they did have a feud with the Heart Foundation when they were the tag team champions and things like that. Oh, look at that brilliant move what? by the hitman. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. On the rope. I love That's it. That's illegal. That's illegal, but it's a win. This should actually tell you, they lingered as a tag team until like the summer of 89, but you probably wouldn't know that unless you really go back and watch the day-to-day. I have to watch Superstars. Probably not even like Wrestling Challenge, like probably beyond Superstars. I'm just saying. <laughs> and they didn't really have that many pay-per-view appearances. No. And that should also tell you something. They're that- usually like in the Survivor Series 1,000 yep. people thing, like because there's 1,000 people. Because there's 1,000 people and they need the people. They weren't on a WrestleMania. No. They weren't on a SummerSlam no. in 88 or 89. I mean, they chose the Can-Ams to be at WrestleMania 3, not I, them. As they should have. Yeah. So they weren't exactly a pushed tag team, but I thought they were okay in the ring, right? Yeah. Not- but you, you know what Paul Romo's got, though, as far as this is concerned? He's got the other aspect where, why is he always here? Like, why do they never get rid of him? Well, I guess that, yeah, great point, because we said that about Mac last week, right? right? Yeah. Mac I think the thing with Paul Roma is they did see a good look, which... Honestly, the guy had a good look. He looked like a wrestler. He, he looked did. like an athletic, solid, good-looking wrestler. I'll give him this. He looked marketable. He did. Just looking at him. And yes. Kind of like, you know how like people get on Roman Reigns for this, but he looks marketable. Hell yeah, he does. Let's Are you just kidding me? strip away what you think of the wrestling ability oh, yeah. or whatever. Like, just look at him. That's mar- <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? Look at him. No, that is marketable. And I think they probably saw some of that in Roman. They saw that he was pretty good in the ring. I've never thought he was a bad wrestler. I just don't think he. Ha- I don't think he was exciting. The I don't problem think he had is, a lot is of personality. No, there's nothing that stands out. Pretty much, right? But then they like you know he he gets something to work with. with this was good. Yeah, with power. Yes. Yeah. So in 1990, after uh, he's broken up with Jimmy Powers, right. he moves from Jimmy Powers to Power and Glory, and that would be Hercules, of course. That happened in the spring of '90. You know, Roma, we're What's the best and the baddest tag team That's in the right. WWF, but we were missing one little. Thing. Oh, yeah, but not anymore. Come on in, Flickster. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it's my pleasure to be associated with these two fine athletes. Of course, this is after <laughs> Hercules ate like a bag of cookies or something for like seven days straight. I don't know what happened to him. Some people go on cocaine yeah. binges. Hercules went on a cookie binge. Yeah. Uh, no, but in all seriousness. Lots of calories. I thought, truthfully, this is a shout out to Power and Glory. If you really look at the context, Right after WrestleMania 6, this freshened up Hercules because he was just doing the same The Pillars of Rome for like three years. She didn't have a birthday while we were going out. For three years? 
The thing is, is like in Power and Glory, the one thing I didn't like about it, it stripped the Hercules out of Hercules. Like he wasn't talking about Roman gods or anything. He didn't need to anymore, you know. But he didn't even like say anything. Like Slick was just there, and here's here's Hercules standing here, like dropping McDonald's boxes or something. Like I don't know. Like he's he's never talking. He still had the chain. Briefly, I yeah. swear it disappeared though in Power and Glory. Remember, he hit Shawn Michaels with it at the SummerSlam. Right, but I'm saying it like it phased out slowly. Like it did. They're, they're, then he just stood there in pants and like you're just like who? I don't even like with no say, beard, just a mustache. Yeah, too. that's the other thing is you start to look at him and you're like, who even is that? Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's a far cry from like '86 Hercules. Yeah, it's just weird. He doesn't even look like he Hercules. doesn't look like him. But let's get back to Roman now. I really think this also did him some favors because again, we're in the spring of '90, right? Right. We are talking. Paul Roma has been in this company now straight for five and a half years he's got pants now listen and they have done nothing with them except for put him in a half-ass tag team right so finally it's all right let's turn the guy heel right and let's put him in a team that a has a name has a bit of like a you know a wardrobe matching outfits (laughs) matching sunglasses they have slick this is the problem, right? After an initial push, right. they beat the Rockers, for the record. But, I mean, that is like, Shawn Michaels gets hurt, and they bring him out on a stretcher. Yeah, thing. it was great. It's not, but I was saying, like, they didn't even really beat them. It's just one of them, got, month. one of them got injured Good! At, the be- at the, like, the beginning of the match. I know, because like, he was already injured in real yeah. life. But that's fine with me. Then they feud with the Hart Foundation in the fall of 1990, when the Hearts were tag champions. Here's what happens. You ever heard of the Legion of Doom? Yeah, them. <laughs> and the Nasty Boys. Remember how they all ruined the tag division <laughs> they, after it was good? The Legion of Doom had come in, and then the Nasties in the winter of 90, at the end yeah. of 90, and then Vince just shifts all his focus to the Nasty Boys. You know what's weird about shifting to the Nasty Boys in general? Is that the they're smell. like, they are like <laughs> to me, they're the opposite of what like Vince McMahon himself looks for. Like, Power Romeo, and Glory looks like a Vince team. Yeah, they look like a Vince team. Like, they look like, oh, ha, ha, yeah. oh this is them. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, look at Paul Roma's look, pecs. Look at the striations. Look no, at Herc's stomach. <laughs> Don't look at that. Yeah. No, but they shift to the Nasty Boys, and the ultimate uh, pay-per-view fate of Power and Glory is they get beat by the LOD in like a minute at WrestleMania right. 7. Mm-hmm. So if you if you don't really know them from their 1990 push, you just think these guys are jobbers by then. Right. And that's the problem. They weren't. For about six months, they had a solid push. And honestly, looking back, a lot of time, anytime a, um, a Power and Glory clip gets posted on our Twitter, there are a lot of comments saying, like, man, these guys are actually pretty good. I really think, though, is that their look in general... I think it equates more to now because they kind of look cool. Like I think now. it's really their tights. Like to be honest, because they wear black tights. I think it's also yeah. That I, is part I really of it. do think that that's like half of why everyone's like, oh, this is pretty good. But like when in reality, when you like okay. watch them, they're like mediocre. They're, okay. they're mediocre. They had a good finisher. The powerplex where Hercules right. would do a vertical suplex, then Romo would come right like off the jump top of the on splash. him or whatever. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Anyway, they Romo leaves in October of ninety one. And then Hercules lingers around until like the winter of 92, spring of 92, and that's it for it's them. It's amazing he lasts longer because he's like nothing. <laughs> he's so nothing by 92. Like, it really, that team like was the end of Hercules. Oh, yeah. And it was it, the end of Slick as a manager. Yeah. Pretty much. His last investment his there. His last investment. Then uh, Paul Roma kind of takes some time off from wrestling. I think he got into boxing for a little bit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and then he returns now. Okay, so 1993 World Championship Wrestling. Ric Flair has returned. Right. right. The man has come home. There he is. He has Ole Anderson there briefly. Briefly. Yeah. Right. We have Arn Anderson there. Why would you bring back Ole Anderson? <laughs> 
<laughs> Wasn't it only for like a day though, or you something? What bothers me about him in that era too? He wears <laughs> like loafers too much, and it just looks weird. I'm just—it's just some weird observation. I was—I'm like, why is this guy can't wear fucking regular shoes? Like, <laughs> Which, he's in a ring. Is like, that your problem with Ole Anderson? Is loafers of because, all things? He just looks old. Not because he's a surly asshole. <laughs> That's the thing too. It's just like wearing like loafers just. I don't know. It just makes him look like more like he's 60 again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so anyway, let me get back to this. So they have to bring in a new member, right? We ha- we need a new member of the horse. Well, we can't have Ole we Anderson can't have wrestle. Ole- <laughs> we can't have him wrestle. <laughs> that would be so, ridiculous. So so who do they bring in in a shocker Right, is Paul Roma. Now, mind you, at this shocker. time, Paul Roma is only 33 years old. It's right. not like he's old and washed up or but anything. he's young enough. That's not he's young still, enough. And, that's here, like your prime. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. He's in the technical prime of his career, but the last he was seen in wrestling was in a jobbing tag team of power and glory. Right. So everyone's like, why is this going to make the horseman good or right. anything? So it's been derided over the years, and it, obviously some people like that version of the horseman. There's not many of them. They were faces. It wasn't a great thing, and it kind of wound down by the end of 93. But here's what I want to say, Quinn, just to play you know a counterpoint here. In theory, is Paul Roma no worse of a choice than Mongo McMichael? Yeah, but he, again, no per- Mongo. Mongo had the personality. Mongo. Everyone he likes Mongo, and I don't like... Flipped and flopped all over the ring, like sloppy, yeah. drunk in Chicago. He's great. But like, he had the personality. He had the personality for it. Like, here's the thing, is there's, there's like, good underneath horsemen people, and there's bad ones. Like, you think Mon- Roma's a bad one? Yes. You really do? Okay. Because there's just nothing. He's blah. He's just, like, the guy that you look at, and you're like, look at him. He looks good, and, like, you That's don't... That's all he has, you, It's though. like you didn't do your homework or research. Like, well, he's nothing. So it's, you you think he's... There's nothing the- about him that's interesting. And then you look at Mongo, who's the sloppiest piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, like, he is terrible like, in the but ring. Like, there's so much personality there. That, and, like, even when Mongo... For example, just as a comparison to Paul Roma, right? Yeah. When Mongo walks out, he's fucking babbling about yeah, shit. Yeah, into the, yeah baby! Uh, yeah, WC. Uh, W Horseman, baby! Yeah, he's, he's showing the Halliburton. Right. He's got the stupid coat on. Like, there's like a little something there, and Paul Roma comes down. And he's like, "Look at me, I am he strong." He doesn't talk like, like that. He's like, not foreign. Yeah, I know. It's not but Rick Martel. My point is, is like the most he's got is like he Look point, at me. He points to his pecs or something. Well, like, wouldn't you if incredible. you had those pecs? Just, what an amazing gimmick! Like. <laughs> It's just that's all I'm saying. It's like there's nothing. There's nothing. That's why Mongo engaging about yeah, him. Mongo can make up for it. He can. It's like it's like yeah, WCW baby <laughs> horseman. Like, he falls over on an Irish whip, but nobody cares. Yeah, no, exactly. everyone's fine with it because yeah. he's Mongo. Let me ask you another question, real quick. Is Roma worse as a horseman than Jeff Jarrett? Oh man, that's hard. Because Jeff Jarrett in '97 with the strappies and okay. So the problem, the problem in comparison with Jeff Jeff Jarrett's like a tryhard. Like he's like a very like he's like I'm a classic wrestler. It's like no nobody likes you. It's like nobody wants to watch this man on TV. Paul Roma equally we don't want to watch on TV, but he's not as like annoying. He's about not it. as in your face. He's just trying. Like yeah. Paul, and you got to give Paul Roma this. Like he's trying. Paul at least. Roma's trying, but Jeff Jarrett's trying hard, and that's the difference. So after the Horseman, Roma goes into a tag team that I remember when I started watching WCW. Pretty wonderful, right? With two a, Pauls. See, that's the mark of death, right there. Is two Pauls. Like you're like Pauls in the ring. Which one? Like, <laughs> I remember actually, it was funny. We recently did a show where they were on there, and mm-hmm. I remember my notes having like they were on real, opposite teams. Like it's much easier in your notes to type Paul than, than like Orndorff. Than yes. Orndorff. <laughs> so it's like I would say Paul. 
And then I'd want to say the same for Paul Roma. And right. I'd be like, wait a sec, what? I think uh, I think that team was okay. They did win the tag titles, to be fair. Yeah. That's but probably like the I most said, success he had. They weren't good, though. That no. team was okay. You know the best thing Paul Roma did in WCW? Is when he fought Alex Wright in 95 and he like mocked him and everyone cheered. I didn't even know Paul Roma was still around in 1995. I probably missed that match. What was it on like Saturday on night? The pay-per-view was like... What's the one in February? Super Brawl, I think. Oh, early 90. Okay, early, 90. early 90. He got fired in uh, March. He was laid off, and that was kind of it for his major wrestling career. I think also another legacy of his is Lord Alfred calling him Romeo Roma more right. than anyone ever did. So, yeah, that's world. during his power and glory <laughs> yeah. phase. Like but he the, always. He had a nickname that nobody. Romeo Roma! It's horrible. And this power and glory, Hercules and Romeo Roma, are certainly one of those right on the pinnacle. You know what the worst thing about it is? It's like it's one of those nicknames that they like kept trying to make a yes. thing and nobody cared. And like, was- it's like Paul Roma, whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just nobody wanted to call him that. No, and no one wanted to call him Glory because Hercules called him called him Glory and Roma called him Power. Right, right. Like informally, and everyone's like, "No, that's dumb. That's that's not your name." So let me ask you now: Paul to wind- Glory, <laughs> Roma. Paul Glory. <laughs> sounds dirty. It, mm. uh, let me ask you this to wind it down. Do you think he could have gone, in all honesty, do you think he could have gone any further than he did or was hitting, like, the tag title scene and winning it? Is that about I the best he could have done? I hate to say it, but done? I think Paul Roma himself was the problem. Like, it's just You the, really do? Not the book. Because they gave him shots to be more personable and stuff. Well, they did put him in the fucking horseman, they yeah. put him in the horseman. You they put give him in that. power and glory. They put that, him in, in pretty wonderful. And, like, yeah. every time, like, it's just like... He's still fucking Paul Roma, like right. just this boring guy that nobody is really that interested in. Is that the biggest strike against him? Yeah. That's I all it is, right? I, I can't say they didn't give him a shot. They yeah. gave him like three times. True. I, although you, you, a lot of people don't, like Mac didn't get one shot. Not really. And, and he, <laughs> did, he had the Olay. Like, you know? He doesn't say Olay. What? To be fair, though, to Power and Glory. Vince did sweep their push right away from them when he signed the Nasties. That's fine, he but did. it's not like Romeo didn't get a second chance here or True. a third chance. He was in the freaking four horsemen. Yeah. But maybe that's unfair because if they hadn't, if they had debuted him first and had him establish himself in WCW instead of throwing him right into the horsemen, and, maybe that would have worked. And how do you know, based on like what we eventually saw of Paul Roma, like once he really was given a shot, yeah. how do you know Vince just didn't recognize at a certain point? It's like, this guy's going nowhere. Like, it's like, fuck this tag team. Like, I can probably do better if I split off Hercules and try to salvage it. You know what I mean? Maybe, like, or or just thinking that the Nasties had more uh, yeah. long-term potential or but a bigger name. But I like to name. think Vince is like a micromanager, looks well, at no every shit. little yeah. thing he has, and he just probably made a decision on the spot about Power and Glory. He's like, I can't see, uh, he knew Hercules was established, so maybe he figured, maybe we can attempt to salvage Hercules. And if not, and, dump him. Fuck yeah, it. exactly. He's been there forever anyway. Right, exactly. Okay, you know, I, I think part of it is that Paul Roma, I think he actually is a pretty good wrestler. I really do, in the ring, and I think he does have a good look, but I think you're right. He doesn't have that spark. Right. He had flashes of personality, but he just doesn't have that spark, and maybe that is why he wound up, uh, you know, his ceiling wound up being the tag division in WCW, be that as it may, folks, let us know what you think of Paul Roma. Could they have done more? Do you like him? Do you hate him? Do you think he was good? Do you think he was bad? You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join the group or send us an email. Also, give us suggestions because we're taking them all season long on this segment. Right. But, Quinn, when we come back, it is a moment we have both been waiting for, and I'm sure our fans have as well. It is week one of the Royal Flush of the worst talkers in wrestling. That will be coming up right after this. Come on. 
when I saw power, Hercules, in single matches, I said to myself, there comes a congregation of sophistication. All you got to do is put it together and let the band roll out. And ever since that day that these two gentlemen have formed together as the most formidable tag team competition in the World Wrestling Federation today, they have excelled. They've climbed to the top of the ladder. And everybody's afraid of power and glory. Well, you have good sense in being afraid because when you step in the squad circle with power and glory, it just might be your last appearance. This is WWE Hall of Famer Tito Santana giving a shout out to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. Arriba! And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number 182. Hello there, Quinn. Hi. How you doing? Good. You know what we have? What do we have? We have a Patreon. Oh, I. Oh, really? Yes, we do. And did uh, we just get that? Yeah, we just got it, yeah. folks. The reason we have this again is not to try to get rich. We're not trying to rip you off or anything like that. It's just for people that like our show. Whether you've been listening a couple of months and been thinking about it, or maybe a few years. If you want more OVP content, we do have that available for you at Patreon.com/slash/OVPPodcast. And really, it's all about the Lincolns over there. Five dollars is the all highest about the tier. Lincolns. Yes, that's it. So I mean, we're not. This is. There's no like fifty-nine dollar tier sign. Picture of Quinn. Signed picture of Donna Glenn's yeah. here. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw that in. Yeah. Uh, but five bucks is the highest we go. And five dollars gets you everything. And what it is for five dollars a month, you're going to get the pay per view reviews. Those are monthly. And we go in order. We started at WrestleMania 1, the original WrestleMania. The original. The original. <laughs> the original flavor. <laughs> the original Coke of WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> and we are all the way up right now for June to WrestleMania 6, which means in just a few weeks, it'll be SummerSlam 98. Kind of a new era, a little yeah. bit of a new era. It's newish. It's newish. We got a new champion and things like There's that. There's power and glory. There's power and glory. There yeah. you go. Uh, and people really do seem to like those. So if you want to get your hands on them, it's just five bucks a month. And if you want a free one, we actually did release the WrestleMania three review uh, back at the end of March. It's we on released the speed. it right here on the speed. Scroll yeah. down. Just scroll looking. down. And you can get a taste of what these are, are all about. But we really do like doing them, and a lot of people that sign up seem to enjoy them. That's 5 bucks a month. But also on the $3 tier, you will get the bi-weekly 1983 live reviews. That's where Quinn and I kind of learn about the WWF. We started in January of 82, Championship Wrestling. Right. We are now in June of 83. Right. <laughs> which is a year and a half we've covered. It's pretty um, extensive at this point. It really is. I mean, yeah. week by week, folks, we sit down and we watch it, and there's a video so you can watch it with us. Or if you just want the audio, that's available too. Right. And the whole point of that, folks, is that you can just hang out with Quinn and I as we watch this stuff. You know, and see what's going on, see who comes and goes. It's a fun time. Hang and bang. Hang and bang on the $3 tier. And then on the $2 tier, if you just want to give us two buck, uh, you can do that. And you're still going to get stuff. You're going to get every single week the raw video, which is the making of every OVP episode, including this one you're listening to. Including shirts. Including the shirts. We have shirts. We want to show them off to you. Shirt cannon. Shirt cannon. Shirt cannon. That's right. That's the name of it. (laughs) But you also get on that tier a back archive of the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras and the OVP commentaries. A lot of good stuff there on Patreon. So again, if you've been thinking about it, if you have a few bucks to spare and you want to try it out, do it right now. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But now, Quinn... Yes. It is time. Oh, is it? The Royal Flush. Now, if you're a newer listener, maybe this is your first episode, every season we do the Royal Rankings and the Royal Flush. It's where you, the fans, give us your 10 best of something before the season starts, 
and your 10 worst of something. Mm-hmm. Our chief statistician, Joe Merkel, then compiles all of those votes. He's got 16 abacuses <laughs> and 12 monitors. Yes, he does. I've heard. I don't and, know and how he does it. keyboards. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of all the numbers. There's so many things so, he has to do this. But, so much equipment. Yeah. <laughs> so much tech. <laughs> and what he does is he gives us a tank of the best and a tank of the worst, and we draw out two names every week at random, and then we rank them. So what happens is at the end of the season, you will have the definitive, scientifically ranked, proven, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA, certified, organic, and healthy. Best and worst talkers in wrestling. So last week when we started with the best, we had we had Steve Austin just a, a bald-headed hair ahead of yes, the rock. Stone cold. That was stone cold. The one hair on his head that was, was what... Put him ahead. <laughs> now that was tough. That was a yeah. really tough call. But this week we kick off the flush, which is the worst talkers. Now, Quinn, a good talker makes you kind of uh, interested in the character. It puts the butts in the seats. It puts the if you butts will. in the seats. It uh, makes you want to see a match or a feud. It gets you engaged. It entertains you. It might make you laugh. It might make you mad if they're really good at might talking. Might make you cry. It might make you cry. What is a bad talker, Quinn? Well, it's a guy that just has nothing. All those things you just said, I don't want to do any of that. Right. I just, it's just a waste of time. It's just a waste why is of time. Why is he on TV? Why does he have a microphone, right? Yeah. Why does he have a why live mic? Why does he not have a manager? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what we're going to be talking about here. There are a lot of them. We got a lot of different votes. A very disparate field here. So why don't we go down now to Howard Finkel and kick off the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now. You've got to step into the ring with me, brother. People are wondering who should be the world's wrestling or should be the number one person in professional wrestling. And you should remember that. I know what it is. It was a closed party. It's because of people like you, big boss man. Seems like they want to kick me in the back of some warehouse and try to treat me to teach me some lesson into my mind. I am Jean-Paul Levesque. Hey, do a thing like that. There ain't nothing to do enough with air of duty, boy. It's the royal flush of talkers. <laughs> Doobie boy. Doobie boy. Oh, man, Quinn, this is going to be an interesting one. Oh, yeah. Lots of different names. Lots yeah. of stuff lots going of on toilets. here. Lots of toilets. Lots of toilets. Okay. Every, every time. We need to calm down with the... Okay. No more plumbing. Okay. So, Quinn, we've talked about what makes a bad talker. They don't really uh, make sense. Maybe no. they, they don't get you they engaged. talk about Doobie Boy. If you're, if you're laughing, it's probably not by design. No. You know? We're live, pal. They stumble. Like, yeah, yeah, right. They like stumble. That. It's a closed parody. Things yeah. like that. Uh, so, with that said, Quinn, I am very excited, though, to find out who drew number one. Are you ready? Let's uh, hit it. All right. L- let's- let them out. Let, let, let him out let, of the cage, let, let right? Let come down. Let's let him go, out of the tank, you mean. Yeah, sorry, the tank. Let's get down to the fans and find out who drew number one. I'm one of the biggest legends and stars ever in this. God! And your t-shirts are too tight too, Billy! Well, the t-shirts are too tight and it is a closed parody. It is Lex Luger, which I don't know, <laughs> man. This isn't... I, you you were very disappointed <sighs> about this. I mean, I don't here, like this. I, I like Luger. I think you're you're a little swayed because there was like this one period of time where he was funny, but I don't need to be honest with you. Do you think it was like unintentional and like 
you know what I mean? Like the whole, I don't know. <laughs> because you're thinking about the like milk promo, which is like well, kind of fun. But honestly, that's funny just because like, why does he say close parody? And like, Bobby's really like bringing that along too. See you June thirteenth, yeah. Bobby. See you June thirteenth, Bobby. I don't know, Quinn. I guess when you think about. Like a mainstream wrestler, because it's one thing if like you're gonna pick a jobber to be on the worst talkers list. Yeah. Like, of course, when right? Did they ever talk anyway? Right. Or that guy that did that horrible promo where he's like, "Yep," and that whole thing, that one that's like really infamous from the '80s in uh-huh. the territories. Yeah. Folks, there's jumping Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. Luger was like a big star, right? Throughout the NWA, he was a horseman. He was in WCW. He was a world champion there. He was in WWF. He was. But- Almost the world champion. To be fair, he wasn't like known for his talking. He was known for his like plucky, like I'm a happy face, like or I'm an asshole heel, right? Right. But I mean, I'm really thinking of like his main run is when he like beat Hulk Hogan or whatever in '97. Like, yeah, yeah, that's well, like that's, that's like the most the highest of high he ever got, in my opinion. A huge turning point for WCW because in the post match celebration of my world title victory, you saw W70 WCW wrestlers. I'm trying to think of why he got so many votes. Is it just because his voice is very stilted and like yelly and staccato? But I don't know. What do you think is so bad about Lex Luger as a talker? I think it's just that he doesn't he doesn't have it. He doesn't really like punctuate. There's something about him that's like, wow, this feels like it should be more intense or something. Like instead, he just sounds like some goof at the gym <laughs> you know what i mean do you think part of it is that one promo with the t-shirt and him saying i don't know i mean it's part of it but like that's like th- from the late early 2000s also, or something what even was that company why is there a guy in a weird hat i don't like, know what is that i literally don't know like I, there, there, does anyone know the context of that promo because it's just weird super brawl saturday yeah it, it's this like fucking like evil Lucky Charms man well, next yeah, to him. Yeah, like, like Oliver Humperdinck's son. Like, who yeah. is that guy? I don't know. What is that promo? Yeah. Now, now yeah. I want to know what that is, actually. Yeah, it's very weird. But, but that's, like, cited all the time. But also, like, you know, we like close parody from WrestleMania <laughs> 8, but there's probably some people who said, wow, that's, like, really stupid. Well, you know it what is I mean? stupid. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't do anything amazing in that thing. <laughs> the amazing part is just kind of how shitty it is. <laughs> <laughs> is there ever a good... Is there a good... Okay, this is a good way to look at it. Is there a good Lex Luger promo? I can't is think of good, one. Um, I mean, I think that him as a talker is... I think he cuts a good arrogant asshole promo, I don't you? I think he's cut some decent promos as a face too that were like inspiring like i can't you do point to a specific one but i remember being like i'm really behind lex luger in 1997 wcw like i was like oh i loved him so much better than would always interview him and stuff oh oh, here you are oh you're getting wins on nitro or whatever remember all the build up to that no luger's win over hogan was much better than stings at starcade I even agree. It was. There. I know. I it's better. Are you listening, Chuck Mess? Right. Quinn agrees. I agree on that one. It was because they built them well, but that wasn't because of talking, right? There, but there was like I specifically remember like there was this like couple months build before that happened where Luger was just racking up wins. Yes. And, like Gene was like, "Ha ha, you're you're getting wins." Blah ha ha. It was torture racking up yeah, wins. Yeah, and he seemed Thank pretty you. like he seemed pretty fine. There are defining moments in everyone's life. In everyone's career, this is the defining moment for the total package, Lex Luger. I'm kind of stumped as to why he made it. I don't want to go through the guy's whole career. I just want to ha- talk about him as a talker. He didn't have, like, a notable promo, let's put it that way. Maybe maybe it's also a little bit of the fact that, like, he was a name, and, like, most of the names of his era were 
at least well, decent talkers. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Let's talk about some of his biggest feuds, right? Ric Flair. Flair carried that feud on the mic. Correct. Obviously. Yeah. So it was always Luger was kind of the one being drawn into the feud, not necessarily right. the one carrying it. Uh, Luger Hogan from 97. Right. Hogan in the NWO. It means Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in WWF, I mean... It's what not was, like Yokozuna could talk. Well, Cornette. Fuji, I guess, but... <laughs> Big talker, Fuji with the kimono. Luger... <laughs> Luger's promo on that one Raw during the contract signing where he's like, you're playing back to Tokyo, and he's like, the U has a middle initial of F instead of S. Yeah. It's like a horrible, it's bad. There'll be one more thing in that plane back in Tokyo without the belt that you can think about that's going to be ringing in your ears, and it begins with a U, it ends with an A, it has a middle initial of F. I, okay. He's like, he's you, know not what that he, you, know what the, you know what it is also? He's like, he's only like a half step above like Sid. Promo. Well, Sid's kidding. entertaining, though. Yeah, but Sid's, Luger's not. Sid's entertaining and how weird and strange he is. His turns of phrase are just so bizarre yeah. with Sid. You know what I yeah. mean? But Luger, okay, now I'm starting to get it as we talk. Yeah. Luger wasn't an entertaining talker, although I like his smarmy, like, WBF character on Body Stars. Oh, yeah, that was with good. cameo. It, you know what's weird about that is, like, he's known as not a great talker, but that's, like, literally a point where, like, all he did was talk, where he would, and like... he's good at it! Remember, he, like, goes on, like, he's always, like, remember that weird episode where they're, like, in the park, yes. and, like, cameo, and Vince are, like, jogging or something? And, like keeps butting into yeah, things. He's, like, he's, like, oh, I'm good at working out or something, and, like, he's just awkward and strange the but, whole time. But he's fun at that character. Yeah. He needs to pedal around the park anywhere. There's gotta be a cab around here somewhere, man. I don't think I've ever really cut him, heard him cut a very good babyface promo on the level of like even Sting, and I don't think Sting's that good a talker or Flair, obviously in those feuds. Like, yeah, yeah I guess he's not that good. Yeah. He's stumbly and bumbly, and he's got a bad voice. Yeah, he does have a bad Party. voice. <laughs> well, not even. Where's he from? Chicago. That's that, why oh, the Midwest that accent. accent. Okay, yeah. yeah, I was trying to like pinpoint which specific accent that was. I think it's Chicago. I mean, they always build him from Atlanta, but I think he just lived in Atlanta. Yeah, that, okay, that's a that, Midwest that's accent. That's actually interesting because Lex Luger's the kind of guy I never, I just vaguely thought from the USA. Like, because you know what I mean? He's like the well, USA man. Well, he's made in the USA, right, obviously. Exactly. And so like, I never thought about like, where is he specifically from? But like Atlanta always seemed like the obvious place, not Chicago. Well, he's actually, oh shit. He's actually from Buffalo, but that's Midwest practically. But, mm. uh, yeah, you ever I, I you ever hear people it, talk out there? It's near uh, northwestern Canada, <laughs> northeastern Canada. Buffalo's yeah. out there. Yeah. But yeah, all right. I guess if we're really being fair, if you're talking about your big stars of the '80s and '90s, most of them could talk. Your Hulk Hogan's, right. your Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Grudgingly, I'll even give Sting an edge over Luger. Sting's fine. You know what? You know when I really realized, just on an aside, oh God, about Sting, here comes Quinn defending Sting again. No, when I realized that actually his talking is a little bit more nuanced, and this is the oddest nuanced, fucking, <laughs> the oddest fucking thing was when he was doing like different shit on TNA, and I would sometimes catch some of those promos. I like, I was like, I never realized Sting had like separate things he could do. Like, I just always thought he was like, "Woo, I'm Sting!" Like, you know what I mean? Well, it's either that or he's just sitting there silently. All I meant to say is that, just regarding Sting, is that yeah. I think he's a little more dynamic than he gets credit for. He was just, like, pigeonholed in this one character. Maybe. But I, th I even think, grudgingly, that he might be a better talker than Luger. And as a heel, I think the only good stuff Luger did is when he played that smarmy character. The narcissist was actually pretty good, yeah. but it was so short. But it also, a lot of it was, like, I felt like he was... 
the crutch was his like, let me act like Bobby Heenan or something the whole time. Kind you know, of. You know what I mean by that? It wasn't like, a very original character. Yeah, it was just the usual like Bobby Heenan-esque style jokes. Almost as if Bobby's just kind of telling him what to say. Well, he very well might have been. Yeah. He might have been producing him. Right. In WWF. Yeah, okay. And then in WWF, like, 94, 95, just horrible. Yeah. Like, the Tatanka feud, they're both bad at talking. You're, okay, they're right. You, you guys are right, I guess. Narcissist I, talking to Bonnie. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, that one, why is there so many interviews with her, and she only was, like, there for, like, a day? Like, you ever <laughs> notice that there's, like, a fucking catalog of Bonnie interviews. It's the weirdest shit. She's there for, like, three or four months, four or five months. But yeah, but they all, it's all in one taping. No, so it's not! Maybe two tops. More than that, but in that weird room, I get, like that weird area, the podium, and like Ray Rougeau's there sometimes. Hi, how are you? All right, I get it. I get yeah. it. Luger really isn't that good of a talker, but I think part of that segment comes from the T-shirt promo, yeah, with the hat guy and all that. I think that's the main <laughs> I think thing. Part of it does, yeah. I think I part agree. of it comes from that, yeah. Uh, but overall, okay, Leprechaun I, man I, next. <laughs> I don't think that Luger's gonna like be in the topper, the topper, the upper echelon here, though. The I list. don't think so either. But you never know. I, I don't like to. See, I mean, we're only at the beginning here. This he could is, be. He could be number one for a week. He could be. I hope not. I guess we should find out who drew yeah. number two. Yeah. I think we're in agreement, though. He's not good, but he's not like the worst. He's not super offensive okay. on the mic. Uh, but, that's all I'm saying. Let's see if maybe number two is better or worse than Mr. Luger. Let's bring him on down. I know you might not understand a Polynesian, but I want you to understand this man's kind of talk. Woof. Speaking Woof. of offensive, <laughs> here he is, Jimmy the Superfly. Now, he's bad. Right. He is categorically bad at talking. Yeah. No two ways about it. He just does it. He kills you know what, it you know what in the, a bad way. You know what the worst part about it is? As All just of from, it. Just from like just a character perspective. It just sucks. like only the canon of WF. Like yeah. just only that. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, he's so like his moves are cool and shit. Like are why? They? Well, I mean, for it's the like time, one no, move. nobody was doing that. To be fair, that's the and only we, thing that we watched. To the table. Was anybody doing that? No, he yeah. stinks though. Yeah, he's the, that that splash. That is his Midnight Express, as far as Jim Cornette is yeah, concerned. That one fucking move. Yeah, he stinks. Yeah, I guess the <laughs> thing is, it's like you want him to be, especially back then when nobody knew anything about any of that stuff. Sure, like you, everyone was like, we want him to be good. Like we want him to be our hero, right? Yeah, we, we want him to be the world champion. Maybe. Yeah, seriously, exactly. But he can't talk. Oh, he sucks at talking. I mean, when Buddy Rogers is your man, <laughs> Buddy Rogers can't even talk very well either. Welcome to Rogers Corner. Although, Buddy Rogers, I gotta admit, has, like, he has grown on me after yeah, a while. He's it's pretty just good. Like, it's, I didn't realize how like frank he is generally. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. Very blunt. <laughs> yeah, just very. He kind of. You have to watch him to understand. <laughs> but like, that's the best manager. Obviously, they had Captain Lou. Well, but they had Lou. Yeah, Lou was only that. for like six months, though. Ish. Yeah, it wasn't that long. But Lou, see, putting a heel snooker with Lou was a great idea. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Snooker can't talk. Well, also the character was introduced as like he doesn't speak English, so he needed that. Well, I mean, Snooker was legitimately from Fiji. I will not hold that against him. But again, that doesn't discount them from making the worst list. If you're going to put a live microphone in front of them, oh, and I they're mean, bad at talking. Anytime he talks, it's <laughs> not good. No, it's, it's never good. It's always just like, I will win the match. I <laughs> 
thank you for managing me, Buddy Rogers. <laughs> like, you know, like, and it's just the worst shit. And you know, he's like always on the cocaine too, so he's extra. Like, doesn't make any sense. He's just bad. Yeah, and it's not like we're making fun of latter career, like nineteen ninety one Jimmy Snuka. He was that bad in eighty two, right? Eighty three. He was already bad, right? But oh, people wanted to see that jump. That's they, that's they wanted, they wanted to see that shit. Oh my god! And they're gonna throw me into the parking line. That, that's every promo every single it is and the, the thing is it's, he doesn't even talk that much good and, and anytime he does it's like why am i rooting for this guy I, like I know he, you actually like the fact that he's so poor in the mic that you have to like ask like it was like wait why did we ever like this person like, and that's it, like not even knowing what we know now but like even right. back then you just look i'm just saying you gotta yeah you part of this is you gotta put yourself in 1983 where like nobody knows anything right. about that like right. it was like very hush hush it right. was like Basically, Vince McMahon and the cops knew about it, yes. like, and that was it. And that's not good, by the way. Yeah. We're not endorsing that. No, but um, I'm saying like that's why people like yeah. <laughs> probably are more disappointed at the time that yeah. he can't talk. But objectively, even if he had never killed someone, he's horrible on the mic, no right. matter what. Right. No matter how you slice it, no, he's bad. Yeah. No, yeah, He's very, very bad. Because I am standing live and in color before you. Believe it. Believe it, Roddy Piper. True, the Piper feud... That's all Piper. It's all it is. Snooka didn't have to say a damn word. Here's the thing: is that part of this also that is the problem with this this nomination is they they seem to always intentionally mask this, so it's not like it was their intention to make him Mister Talky Talky. True. Like it, his gimmick that. is that he's like an Islander yes. savage type. That's like, the gimmick, and now he's yeah. reformed or something. Yeah, and like they stole his money or something, so now he's nice. Lil <laughs> like, Pano stole his money, so now he's nice. Yes. It's weird that that carried through his entire rest of his career. <laughs> it's like just because that happened, now, now, now he's always he's, nice. now he's a nice guy until he goes to like ECW. That's different. Nobody yeah. even remembers that anymore. And then when they bring him back in '89, yeah, and then he ha- has to talk. He has no manager, no more Buddy Rogers. He brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. I'm surprised they didn't find anybody just sitting around that could talk for him. Well, there's there was no a, face manager. Yeah, there wasn't many. Right? Were there uh, any in the late I mean, 80s, Humper early Nick 90s? was like the last one. He was gone. Yeah. Were there any face managers in the late 80s, early 90s? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. And Paul Bearer in 91, 92. That was the... F- right? Yeah. And then until Slick turned into a reverend. Right. Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth. <laughs> I guess Elizabeth was their main face manager. I'm not even joking. She was. Yeah. But she was in an advisory capacity most of that run for Snuka. But, you know, it's interesting. Why didn't they bring him in as a heel if they had nobody to talk for him at that point? They didn't have no Buddy Rogers anymore, so. Probably because he had last been there as a face and they want, right? I mean, yeah. And they wanted to have him feud with DiBiase and feud him with Snuka. And I mean, also feud they, him with they Honky. Just, they brought him in just because, like, anytime he would come out as, like, a guest before that it was still over everyone was just like we want jimmy snuka like he's gonna jump on everyone and it's gonna be good or something but he man do you think okay here's a good way to frame this and we'll also ask it about luger when we get to ranking time do you think snuka this might sound stupid could have been an even bigger deal perhaps let's say there was no hulk hogan yeah if snuka could talk could he have been an even bigger star yeah i mean he could have hijacked the whole hogan run Always the evidence of that to me is when you go to WrestleMania 1 and he, like, accompanies Hogan and yep. everyone, like, loses their fucking shit when right. he, like, comes out with him right. in a black shirt or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? They're just like, oh, my God, it's Jimmy Snuka and he's friends with Hulk Hogan? Like, what the fuck? Like, right. this is, like, the mega powers or something. We don't think he could have been as big as Hogan. 
Or maybe he could have if, it just if depa- he could talk. It dep- there's a lot. If there if is a lot of things. If he didn't do what he did, and well, if he because I, I, I mean that, that was part that was probably that. in Vince's mind. He was like, well, we can't like I'm gonna employ him because I'm a scumbag, right? But he's <laughs> but- like, but we can't like if we if he gets any more popular, yeah, then we're gonna, we're gonna have, have somebody's gonna find out, right. like you know what I mean? Like that's all. Well, let's look at what made Hogan so great too. Good look, good mm-hmm. physique, could work in the ring, yeah. But the extra thing that Hogan had that a lot of people didn't have to be Hulk Hogan was he had so much charisma and he can cut a promo and Snooker well, couldn't do he that. Didn't. So yeah, there was there was many reasons probably why Vince was just like you know what right get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I've never ever he, once in my life heard a good Jimmy Snooker promo. They both ever. take a lot of drugs, but Jimmy Snooker's like was zonked out of his mind. Yeah. Like notably, he like known yeah. known. No, I know it's known. Yeah. So yeah, I totally understand his making the list here. Right. More, much more so than Luger. I mean, if you want like a historically bad talker, Jimmy mm-hmm. Snook is your man. Right. I mean, he's right there, brother. The best talking he did was in sign language. And what does that mean, Quinn? I love you. As Gorilla <laughs> would always say. Yes. I mean, but- I mean, Gorilla was his biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. Probably not in real life. Yeah. But really, Snook is bad, man. Yeah. In he- a lot of ways, but especially as a talker. I mean, he is a Bad, bad, bad there's talker. Just, there's just nothing. There's nothing no redeeming good. it. And no. it didn't get any better. No. It never got worse you either. It was like, just the same. I remember when he was like an old man and they would talk to him like, oh, Jimmy, what do you think of like the wrestling now? He's like, oh, uh, uh, Sounded like Muhammad Ali before yeah, he's he, fighting Trevor Burbick. Yeah, like as he's like sitting in a rocking chair and being like the, the old man of Horrible. wrestling. Like, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like even then it was just kind of like, oh, my God. Get him like, out of yeah, here. <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to hear from him. All right. I think we've covered it enough. There's not yeah. a lot to say about his talking career. He, yeah. he sucked at it. The biggest feuds that he had arguably were uh, Morocco. In mm-hmm. 83, right? right? And Morocco's a hell of a talker. Yeah, again, he, it's always like he doesn't need to because he's fighting Morocco. Right. And 84 with Piper. Right. And once he, again. He, he's, ta- he's fighting a talker. So, yes. You know, I wonder if that was actually kind of like a strategy. Hell too. yeah. It's like they would never feud him with somebody who couldn't talk. They would always feud him with like honky tonk, man. When he came back, I mean. and like Right. Yeah, because you know Jimmy Hart and honky could carry the talking there. Or yeah. DiBiase. DiBiase. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. No, yeah, look, notice actually, if you really think about it now, they, they, they always covered for it. They had to. Unlike a lot of people, sometimes they would pair two people who could talk together, but Jimmy Snooker specifically, it's like they knew. Yep. They were like, if we want to get any kind of like practical money out of this, we need him to fight somebody who can talk. Yeah, and build the heat in the yeah. promo because Snooker can't. Yeah. Uh, and then even when Snooker was a heel and he feuded with Backland, who's also, you know, people don't think was a good talker. Snooker had Albano with him. Right. To There's carry always that. somebody yep. involved. And that should be a sign. Okay, so it's ranking time now, let's mm-hmm. say, right? So let's go back to Luger for a second here. Luger, do you think if he had been a better talker, because there's always the what if factor with Lex Luger, why wasn't he the absolute upper echelon? Because he had the look. What was missing? Was it the talking or was it something else? It's actually the talking because he even had like the personality and expressiveness. You think so? Yes. Again, I uh, I always really think the evidence is clearly there with the Hogan 97 feud. Like, it, it's just like you're just so, I don't know what it is about him, but you're just so behind him. I was. Yeah. No, I mean, I was. There's well, there's just something like he's good at doing that thing where you're, where like he makes the comeback in the match. He did have a good, for a yeah. big guy, he had a good babyface comeback. Yeah. He really did. He really did. And like. I think, yeah, maybe the one thing that was holding him back was like he wasn't the he wasn't the worst talker, but he wasn't the best either. And honestly, he was the best talker when he was a heel. So you can't. He was better if, as a heel, yeah. If he's bet, but the problem is, is he was better as a babyface in general in the ring. So you have this weird like 
it, it, there's this disconnect. Like, he can't be his heel closed party and all that <laughs> shit when he's the face, which is the most successful version. You know, that's true. Even when he was a face, when he talked, he sounded like a heel. Right. But when he wrestled, he was better as a face. You're absolutely... Luger was... this. Yeah, you nailed it, Quinn. That's exactly what it was. Because Luger was very sympathetic in the ring. Right. When he was getting beat down... You felt it a little bit, right? right? He was better. He was better as a face because then a, a heel carries the match usually, right? Mm-hmm. And controls it and beats down the face and they make a comeback. And Luger was pretty good at that with the, oh and the selling and all that. Yeah. But on the mic, even when he was a face against Yokozuna, he still sounded like a heel, right? And I don't know if he sounded like heels or is he like, didn't sound likable. It's like he had the cadence of a heel, but the, what he's expressing is a face. Stuff. That's what I mean. So it's like this weird like. I don't know. Like, it, the wires are crossed. The or, wires are crossed. It doesn't make any sense. And, like, it's just upsetting because if he could master how to be a heel on the mic, maybe we wouldn't even be on this list. A face uh, on the sorry, mic. Sorry, be a face on the yeah, mic. No, yeah, no, I agree with you. So I think that's what held him, held him back. On the other hand, now we go to Snuka. Right. He sucked ass. Piece on of mic. shit. Horrible. <laughs> just bad. So he's clearly going to be the number one here. I don't think one, there's... I, there's not even, like, hard. <laughs> no. Like, <it's... laughs> this is nothing like last it's week. Like, at least Luger can say, like, I'm good at one thing on the mic. Yeah. Like, that, being a heel. That's the thing. I mean, Luger, again, I, I know that he's not a great talker, but we're, when you're talking about Jimmy Snuka, for crying out loud, yeah. there's a reason they always had to cover him. In feuds, and they had to have someone else carry it. Whereas some person, yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas Luger, he might have had the infamous T-shirt promo. He might have been a little stumbly and bumbly. The T-shirt promo is literally bad because he has nothing to work with, and it's like, like the end of his career. When is that? I, I don't even like know what he's doing there. Is he like a guest or something? It's a wrestler. He, to be fair to him. Why should he know what Super Bowl Saturday? Who gives a shit? What like, is that though? I, I need know. to find out as we speak here because I, it's just probably some local indie shit. I'm gonna guess New England or like <laughs> <laughs> it seems New England Matt Warzy to me, but it's <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting it out there. So it's from 2004. Okay, <laughs> it was on Shockwave TV. What even is that? I don't know. Does anyone have that channel? I, I want it. <laughs> It's not like there was internet TV back then, or you could like get it on YouTube. Like YouTube was new, and it the quality sucked. So the re- the Billy that he's referencing, you know, your t-shirts are too tight, Billy. It's Billy Firehawk, who, who was the founder of the Cyberspace Wrestling Federation, <laughs> which was well, later known as NWA Cyberspace. You know what's really funny is I just made a joke about how like oh you couldn't have it on like YouTube, or it's literally <laughs> called Cyber. It's, what was it like Matt Hardy two point yeah, like, basically quality the, the promotion one point yeah. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's clearly Snooka here. There's no doubt gotta, about it, brother. Gotta watch it in real player. <laughs> <laughs> I like, what was the other one? Shockwave? Macromedia Shockwave? <laughs> Shockwave. I'm just thinking of all those like horrible proprietary players. Horrible. I, just, I hated that era of the internet. It was just it was frustrating. Fucking real player. You know get what? the hell out of here. QuickTime. It was well. QuickTime's fine. Yeah, but it used to QuickTime like evolved and like it got better. Yeah, but there was a time because you know what QuickTime did. They were MP4 before anybody. So I that's they like, were MOV. Yeah, but they they also like adopted MP4. They did MP4. For, that, that was like they were one of the first. But the point is, is that like. <laughs> Bet there was there was this era in the internet where like the internet was good at MP3, but it sucked ass at like fucking like anything video. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, it was the real player era. Yeah, real player. <laughs> but anyway, folks. it was so real that it looked like shit. <laughs> uh, that is uh yeah, that's really all I got. It's clearly Snooka by a mile, by mm-hmm. more than a mile, by thousands of miles this <laughs> yeah. week. Yeah, and Snooka might remain number one for a while. It's gonna be tough to it top depends. him. Here's the thing: is that if somebody talks 
more and they suck also true they might be able to like eclipse him just because he like didn't talk as much right i, I don't want to like cement jimmy i don't think he, he might not be no, able might to not hold be. that just because he talks like very little right if there's like someone that was like a major player world champion yeah. and was just a horrible talker uh then they might take that spot from him but for right now to uh to round off week one here quinn i think it is time to introduce the worst talker in wrestling for this week mm-hmm. for now of all time Jimmy Superfly Snuka, congratulations. He stinks, <laughs> brother man, or whatever he says. And at number two, I hope he makes it way, way at the bottom, is Lex Luger. Because I just, you know, it's... He's a, lucky right now. It's a close parody. It's a close parody, right? Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully he can make his way down as the uh, parody gets bigger here. So that is it, folks. Let us know what you think. You can let us know. Who, obviously, I, I think most of you are going to say Snuka's worse. But you can do that on Twitter. You can uh, do it on Facebook. Or you can shoot us an email. But Quinn when we come back, yeah. we are going over to Lake Minnetonka. Oh, here it is. It's we are back. going to the American Wrestling Association. We are going to Vern Gagne's house. Maybe it'll be good this time. Maybe it'll be good. It's the AWA All-Star Wrestling, and it is coming up right after this. But Mr. Luger, we have spoken with the fans of the World Wrestling Federation who demand that all referees deem it necessary for you to cover this six-inch steel plate in all future matchups. This is almost like carrying a baseball bat to the ring. This thing might as well be a brick, sir. Well, who do you think you are coming out here the first week in the World Wrestling Federation? I don't care what any of these stinking fans think. I don't care what your officials or Jack Tunney think. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, tells the narcissist Lex Luger what he can and can't do. Because I am going to the very top of the World Wrestling Federation. And I will knock out anybody who gets in my way, even if I didn't have a steel plate. I will step on anyone who gets in my way, especially you, Bret Hart. Because I am going to be the man in the World Wrestling Federation. And I don't care who. I have to knock out to do it. Hello, wrestling fans. It's Joe here. And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out three friends of the show. Check out the New Day podcast hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. I'm talking about Xavier Woods. Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique. It's quirky. It's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and Book in the Territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 182. And we do thank you guys for being with us here. Quinn, we are reviewing something. Uh, we are. We're doing that We again. are, we are. We, <laughs> we've been doing this for a long time. And one of the things that we've tried to do is find a good episode of AWA programming. It's really been a quest. Yes. It's really hard. And <laughs> I, I, 
Why is it so hard to find a good episode of this show? I, we really want to find one. We watch like a lot now. Yes. Like, I feel like we watch, you know, six to ten of them or something. We like, watch a fair that's amount. That's like a sizable amount, like all different years. Yeah, all different like, years. even allegedly during the like amazing period was or bad. whatever it was. It yeah. was very poor. Yeah. Uh, so folks, today we're doing AWA All-Star Wrestling, April the 29th, 1989. So that's not exactly uh, their glory days. No. So to run down the AWA briefly... In case you're unfamiliar, it basically was, uh, it's Vern Gagne's baby. I mean, it was founded in 1960. He had been a wrestler. He'd been an Olympic wrestler. He had been in the NWA. There was a territory of the NWA. Okay. Vern split off of like them. the 40s or something. Yeah, 40s, yeah. 50s, uh, Dumont Network, all that stuff. And Vern split off of them and started his own company, the American Wrestling Association. And honestly, as we've said before, the AWA was very successful, uh, especially in the 60s, 70s, into the 80s. They were not a joke. I mean, there were times where they were, business-wise and popularity-wise, they were probably way ahead of the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. But I feel like their television shows, in general, were never really that good. I think that's part of their weakness. Because I, right. I can say that with authority now, because we've jumped all over the place. And, a like, lot. Nothing ever seems to be going on here. It seems like it's a live show kind of promotion. Kind of, yeah. Because uh, one of the, the schools of thought that Vern had was, uh, this is all about the wrestling. And again, <sighs> yes, wrestling's in the company name, but... Pure straight wrestling doesn't always draw people in people and excite are not people. Watching this just to watch Brad Ryan get <laughs> be pushed for twenty years, yeah, like, exactly. It's like so long. Like how long do they push that guy? A long, long, long it's, time. And they're only holding on to him because he might be in the Olympics in like nineteen eighty something. Like <laughs> it's like it's like the seventies, and they're like planning for it. I know like, you it's know real. I mean? No, I mean <laughs> Vern loved an Olympian. Right. With a legit wrestling, but the he would have loved Brock Lesnar. The thing about grabbing an Olympian is the thing is like they are literally training for like a decade. But the thing is, that's real wrestling, and this is not. Yeah, I'm not putting down. You know, we thought we appreciate what these guys do, but it's not the same thing. You would think <laughs> Vern would know about that, considering like there's clips of him on like the Dumont Network promoting like Ovaltine or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Here with his Ganymetric exercises is wrestling champion Vern Gagne. You would think he would like get it by now, right? Like that's not. It's nobody cares about this Olympic no. shit. Like, and one of Vern's biggest pitfalls here was in eighty two, eighty three. He had Hulk Hogan, and to Vern's credit, he knew Hogan was over. It's not like he was stupid. He heard the crowd. Right. He knew that people really liked Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but, but he got involved in that T shirt. Well, cannon that's or thing. whatever. Yeah, that was the thing. He was reluctant for a, about a year to put the title on Hogan because he thought Hogan was better as the one chasing. Fine, you know, booking preference, but. Here's what happened. Finally, in 83, he's like, you know, I'm going to put the title on you, but I want half of your Japan uh, revenue and I want your uh, merchandise revenue. And Hogan's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is like basically the, the vast majority of Hulk Hogan's right. personal revenue. So, so I was like, what? Yeah. Who would I like? Like, I know everyone gets on Hogan's case for being greedy or whatever, but like, to be fair, like this, this was like egregious. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, this is like. For any wrestler. Yes. So, it's like insane. It is. It's insane. So Vern lets Hogan walk away at the end of 83. goes back to the WWF. We know the story there. Vern kept trying, and little by little, reluctantly and, you know, very grudgingly, he tried to give in to the sporty, sports entertainment aspect. He even had an alliance, which we covered, Pro Wrestling USA, with yeah. the NWA. The thing was, it's just Vern just didn't know how to do this. Like, this entertainment. All was. All he, he was just like, oh, it needs to be like Matt It needs wrestling. to be wrestling. Right. He had great talent. Vern had a lot of great talent. I mean, this is this is where Ric Flair passed through. Billy Graham 
Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, Jesse Ventura. And then even in the 80s, Rick Martell was a big deal there. Kurt yeah. Hennig, Scott Hall, The Rocker. There are a lot of great names. But by 1989, Quinn, yeah. we're really on the decline here. I mean, we're really on the decline. AWA oh. would only last until the right, end of right. 90. Was this a shell company yeah. just like so that Vern could teach people how to wrestle? Yeah, well, because by 89, and you're going to see it, folks, what the hell are they even building yeah. to anymore? I mean, they were really on the decline. And we're going to find out, and thanks to Richard Land for specifically picking this specific episode out. Yeah. This is your fault, Quinn. You wanted you wanted AWA. Well, I get no. That was my idea. No, I was just saying. <laughs> to to be fair, I I was looking for like we haven't watched a stinker in a while, and Quinn wanted the stinker. But also, like it's AWA, so there's always the chance that it might be good because yeah, you that's never what know. they always say. And it's of course it's Ruben Vasquez Jr.'s favorite promotion. So right. this one's also for you, Ruby. What did Ruby train there? Because <laughs> nobody else thinks it's that good. <laughs> Let's get into it, folks. It is the AWA. All-Star Wrestling, April 29th, 1989. The only promotion where I have to ask every time at the beginning, is it good? I don't know. <sighs> Let's find out. Okay. So Lee Marshall, oh, great start. He runs a high. Uh, he runs down some of the action we're going to see tonight. The American Wrestling Association. They're great. Featuring Colonel De Beers. Because, of course, like <laughs> if you're talking AWA, <laughs> like he, that's front and center he's like their shitty sergeant slaughter he's like crappy he sucks yeah the dazzler yeah not daniel bryan time traveler if you're confused this it's just some lady it's some lady called yeah. the dazzler and uh greg Ganya. because again of course he's so terrible by 89 why are greg they Ganya. yeah i mean greg already is like old at this point he he's is. not like some young up-and-comer he's like like 40. 46 or something <laughs> yeah, like, i don't know really old yeah. uh the music though was hopeful at least i i did like the music yeah to the ring now where a grumpy old ring announcer introduces our first match one fall 10 minute time limit this is a one fall 10 minute time limit some old accountant doing <laughs> yeah, ring announcer like what is who is this he's wearing like a straight tie which usually the ring announcer wears a bow tie yeah he it's doesn't just, that that really threw me off that's a good one i didn't notice yeah. that but you're right it's yeah. very off-putting uh but first from uh, millie wake is todd becker becker he is todd becker becker you know what? Todd Becker kind of both looks and is named like someone we all went to high school with. Yeah. He just like has that name and that look. He's like that mid Carter in your high school. Yeah. Like, you know, not like the top tier like jock kind. It's like mid card jock? Yeah, mid card jock. Like, he's you know, like he's okay. Like, he's like one of the goons for the jocks. Right, right. Like, that's all. <laughs> so then DDP wanders onto the mic now to introduce Colonel De Beers. Looks like a that slob. De Beers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, my goodness. I, De Beers looks so bad here. This is off to a wonderful start, He's Quinn. not the Swedish prince anymore or whatever. <laughs> whatever that was. Yeah. Weighing 131 kilos. Attention! He's also got a diamond doll with him. It's not Kimberly. Why does a manager have a valet of his own? Can I just... This is what... You know what, DDP? I gotta hand it to the guy. I love him. He was the... Like, even before he even wrestled, like, he made himself, like, such a big deal. He did! Like, like, he, like you know that that's just, like, some girlfriend or something. It's just that, somebody. And he was just like, oh, can I bring her? Like, he's made, going into business for himself. Dude, early DDP, he was a tryhard, but he succeeded. 
Well, he was, he was good. He was a tryhard, but in the good ways. He like, just you know, marketed like, them. Yeah. He's not like, he's doing things that like make you notice him. You're right. like, why does a manager have his own manager? He's got like, the diamond exchange. He's got yeah. the diamond dollars. He's got a cool name. And all this stuff is just, he invented it. Like yeah. it's nothing. He's like, not really ripping anyone off, is he? No. Not he, really. He just made up this fake <laughs> yeah. company or something. And I mean, his character. I yeah. This, this guy that. He might be rich. I'm not we sure. We don't know, like, but I don't know he's what, intriguing. Yeah, he's kind of sleazy. But why would you manage Colonel De Beers? I don't know! Anyway, we're in some sweat box of a venue here. I don't know where. It's half-filled, very dark, and the crowd is dead. We've got, like, a winner oh, arena yeah. <laughs> here. Like, this is a typical AWA. Awful. Some shitty casino or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know what Why are they so horrible at this point? Like, what? No money, man. I just mean no that, money. like, their decisions were poor. Well, they had no money. That was, uh, they, they had nothing to do. They're on UWF levels here. Well, they're on Minnetonka money right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. Referee is Gary Darusha here. Lee Marshall is also on commentary. With Verengania, that'll always be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. De Beers, as always, looks like the colonel of a bowling league. It's <laughs> terrible. I hated that gimmick. He's supposed to be South African. Well, for various reasons, I don't like the gimmick. But he's supposed to be South African, and he's just like, Hi, I'm Colonel De Beers. Yeah. In a regular American accent. Didn't even try. Shouldn't it sound like slightly British <laughs> yes. English or something? Yes. Like, isn't that like what? Yes. Yeah, because it's like a former British colony. Correct. But he's just like, hi, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> the I, fuck is that? I don't get it. No effort. Anyway, Armringer by De Beers, Headlock Takeover by Becker, which impresses Vern, of course. Oh, it's a good side Headlock. Uh, De Beers in the back suit play, some dumpy stomping. DDP now wanders over to Lee Marshall to say Colonel De Beers is good, but he doesn't like him what or something. What is even happening? Terrible. There's like all this nonsense going on like, while this match is occurring. And not, the match is not important. It's no. like mostly DDP fucking around. Yeah, well, because it's De Beers with his usual like walking around the ring all offense that is a real thing it's horrible as tony the tiger says hi to his friend for something did you <laughs> like notice to wish that? a happy birthday like <laughs> phil rizzuto I want to say hi to dave pearson's of Edina, minnesota from south france standard this show i i swear it's so local but yet they want to be a big deal it, like terrible. it's hor- happy birthday to the fan who wrote in this week <laughs> yeah. it's like shut up and then Vern has a great contribution uh <laughs> Absolutely real. <laughs> Horrible. Great, great insight. Uh, More stomping. Uh, the ring mat is like very dark blue, which just annoys me. Don't ask me why. It just looks bad on very TV. Trampoline. <laughs> Lee Marshall is seriously like the wrestling version of John Sterling at uh, this that's point. A good, that's a good. Right? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> like he's trying. I he, literally can't get the Tony the Tiger thing out of my head. Like whenever I like he. Is him. So it's, if you don't know that, yeah, maybe people don't know that. Okay. He replaced the longtime Tony the Tiger in like the, what, mid-2000s? Right, yeah. Lee Marshall's also unfortunately he, no longer with us. But. Right, but the thing is, Lee Marshall sounded like the original Tony the Tiger anyway. He's pretty so, good. Yeah, it, it's, but that's like his normal voice. Yeah, so that, that's, that's the weirdest part. So like, literally, you're anytime you watch AWA, you're just like, why is Tony the Tiger <laughs> calling AW? Like, it's him. Woo-hoo, belly to back. He got him. Oh, De Beers. What a move. Body slammed by De Beers as Derek Dukes now appears ringside, stares down De Beers. Vern basically says he's never been to South Africa, <laughs> so he doesn't know anything. He yeah. doesn't know shit. I've like, never been there, so, so I don't know. Why Why are you talking, man? <laughs> like, why would you say that? On com- why would you be like, yeah, I don't know shit about this? Why is he on commentary? Yeah. Like, really, why? He's not even well, he, good at he, it. He, like, leaves at one point. <laughs> he, at thank- the end, thankfully. yeah. Uh, Becker with a schoolboy for a close two. Vern acts like Vince McMahon now. He's like, he got him. It was three. It was three, right? It was three. And. <laughs> 
champion. One, two. Oh, so close. Yeah. Oh. Hey, hey, look at this. He got him. He got him. One, two. And kick out. Whoa. Was there three? Was there three? No, no. Very, very close, though, Vern. The beer's back in control now with the old uh, Ivan Koloff special off the ropes. You know, like the knee, the King Kong knee the drop, King Kong knee. curb stomp, and then an inexcusable pile driver mm-hmm. <laughs> by, by De Beers gets the win. As he continues to have a staring contest with uh, Derek Dukes, DDP's just making a big fuss with the ref for no reason. The match is over. Yeah. You could briefly see 2004 Michael Jackson in the audience. We, oh, yeah, when they like went on that weird guy. Yeah. yeah, like the guy, the Michael Jackson that dangled his kid over the balcony. That Michael Jackson. That Michael one that Jackson. wears like nice shirts, you know what I mean? The like very puffy red. Coming in a court dressed like Captain Crunch. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> also that one, the pajama man. And he don't even wear a real suit to court. Coming in there looking like Captain Crunch. Anyway, this is supposed to be some big confrontation with Dukes and uh, De Beers, but there's zero heat. It's taking way too long. Well, I wouldn't say there's zero heat. There's, there's like, no heat. There's like a little tension because because they show the fans and some of them are just like get them or something. No, it's boredom. Yeah, the, the tension you feel is boredom. Okay, well they, they masked it. <laughs> it, it, it. It seemed like inflated tension. It was bad. The heels just walk away. As Vern says, wiser heads prevailed, which is not the phrase. And we see a replay in case you were napping. And honestly, I try to be fair with stuff. I really do. But this sucked a big ass. I honestly can't believe this whole thing aired on TV. Mostly because it's kind of like, it really is pushing yeah, some, it's racial. Some, some buttons. Like, yes. And it's not good. And they're not good buttons to push, and all it's right. very boring, too. It's just right. all of it's a mess, and it's sloppy. Vern tries now to call the replay, but he has the mute button on. <laughs> you when, he, that? when he does turn the non-mute <laughs> yeah. off or whatever, when he turns it back on, like, he's just babbling. No. <laughs> <laughs> then he did this. <laughs> you can't beat him right here, but he's going to do it. He picks him up by the hair. Yeah. In that position for that pile driver. Vern is horrible. Like Very he should bad. never. Like he needs to go. Like sit in the fucking office and yes. not be here. Just look at his lake. Yeah. Cut to Larry Nelson now, looking like he's job hunting. He does not look like he wants to be there. He's the their old. Uh, he's like all they have left. Him yeah. and Bischoff. And when Bischoff's- Larry is all you have left, <laughs> yeah. that's saying something. Bischoff is here, but he's not on the show. But Gene's long gone. Everyone's long. Rod Trongard is gone. Everyone's gone. Larry Nelson's still hanging on. Larry or Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, Grandpa. He brings in one half. Of the AWA Tag Team Champions, Ken Patera. God, he has a job. He's back, baby. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe how it. How did he not? First of all, listen, you leave, right? You can remake yourself, your personality or whatever, right? right. New character. Why would he keep the Richard Simmons hair? I don't like, know. Why would he not just go back to the regular kind? Just change. Why is he a face? Why do they keep not figuring out, like, what was this whole late 80s thing where they couldn't figure out that, like, no, he was cool as hell when he had the... When he had the blonde hair and like, yeah, but also when he was a heel, he's not a good face. Exactly, both. yeah, is both. Uh, both of it. Like, it, it's all got to be there. Horrible. Did they not see how bad he was at the end of his WWF run? He just should never been a face. Period. Agreed. Uh, he's very brown haired doink here, though, Quinn. Yep. He's like, we are not discussing politics this evening. It's wrestling. Well, let's get it straight, Colonel De Beers. We are not discussing politics this evening. It's wrestling. That's right, the king of sports. He's also feuding with the beers because America. And then he even references his partner, Quinn. And guess who his partner is? It's fucking Brad Rangins. How did they still have that loser? Like, how? 
Why is he still working here? It's 1989. They don't even have the money to like be like paying him to do nothing at this point. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, he's a tag champ. He is with Patara, and it's not. Is it not like USA tag champ or something? Well, just so they can make it more American. I don't even know what yeah. level this promotion's on at this point. None, but none of their titles matter. No, anymore. like even the AWA titles. No, and Ryan Gibbs is there until like the end, the very bitter end. Was he like married to somebody? <laughs> like, what is his connection? He's an Olympian. How did damn he it. get Vern to like waste? his money on him for so long so long man because Vern, i really think Vern looks at it as i'm sponsoring an olympian he's not he's like he he because Vern, like you have to remember Vern like used to be a millionaire like by this point like he's like a, a, so like he's a little eccentric as far as like what he spends his money on and like if he really cares about the olympics he thinks oh i'm I'm supporting an Olympian with my millions. And meanwhile, he's got like everything's just based on like Minnetonka mortgage. Well, yeah, he's he got to lean on his fucking house to right. keep this company alive. Right. And it's just like Brad Ryan's is like an eccentric style like thing to do. It's just, it's very like, I think I'm still rich, so I'm going to support an Olympic athlete. No one is paying money to go see Brad Reingens. <laughs> no, Sorry. Not, not one person. Literally, Eddie, the only people that cared about him were Vern Gagne. Like, <laughs> and all the other fans are just like, why is he here? Do you have Sergeant Slaughter or something? Horrible, you know what I mean? Man. Like, they're just like, where are the, like, stars? Where is he? Is um, Hulk Hogan in this? Like, you, <laughs> that's the question I always say, like, for the companies that are smaller back yeah, then. Is, like, Hulk Hogan? Every fan who walks in is like, is, hey, is Hulk Hogan on this? <laughs> no, like it's true. Anyway, uh, Patera tells De Beers that if he keeps bad-mouthing him, he's going to put something on him that Ajax can't remove. Let's get it one, one thing straight right now. You keep bad-mouthing Ken Patera, I'm going to put something on you that Ajax will not remove. I hate this. I hate it. It's horrible. He's a terrible talker. Ken Patera is a bad talker by this point. He then brings up how athletes shouldn't bring up politics, as thankfully this whole thing just cuts off. Did he bring up politics at the beginning? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go back to Larry Nelson again, but like in a different blue screen. Where we find out that Greg Gagne is going to be taking on Akio Sato soon. But right now... It's time to talk about Luscious Johnny Valiant. Come on! <laughs> I, you know, like... Johnny V, your favorite. This is what I mean. This is what I mean also about how they're, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's like Johnny V, WF, let go of him. So, yep. oh, maybe we'll pick him up. Like, he's... Everybody's been waiting to see Johnny V. That's, what, what a hot prospect. I know, right? He has just come into the promotion. He's kind of been mysterious. And Larry says, Larry Nelson says, I want to know why Johnny V is here. Yeah, I want to know the same, because like, what, like, what is he doing here? I don't know. He's not relevant in no, 1989. He was barely relevant in 87. So we throw to Johnny V, looking like Dorothy Spornak here, cutting a promo in a big blue room. Something about mining diamonds, and he's done mining in the shining. He's going to put it on the window. But it takes somebody to go down there and get that diamond and dig it up. Bring it back up to the surface. Take it and shine it up, and then cut it. And then and only then does it wind up in some jewelry store's window. You understand? Nope. He looks very stupid wearing, like, a members-only coat made out of a garbage bag. <laughs> and his glasses are just, like, hideous. The cataract glasses. <laughs> it's very sad that Vern had to waste Lake Minnetonka money on this shit. Like, seriously. Yeah, I know. On Johnny V. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah. Here we are. This is, again, this is more like waste of Lake Minnetonka mortgage. It's like, it's real. I know. It is real. Uh, what John- is, how is Countrywide allowing this or whatever? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how is the mortgage company okay with, like, these know. decisions? It's a bad decision, uh, Johnny V says he's found a great team and he's going to mold them and a lot of Johnny V stuff is going to rub off on them. So basically, I guess they're going to suck. Uh, so he's not going to tell us who they are, though. And then I have an actual quote, just like the monkey said when he backed into the lawnmower. 
This tail ain't gonna be long now. And just like the monkey said when he backed into the into the lawnmower, baby, his tail ain't gonna be long now. You understand? And my tail's not gonna be long right now because it's coming right down. You know what made me sad though? What? No grandma. Well, he looked like one. He maybe it's because he looked like a <laughs> garbage bag grandma. <laughs> Back to Larry Nelson again now, who bitches about how Johnny V danced right around the whole issue here, which is who he's gonna manage. But the investigative staff. I really want to know how much they're paying the investigative staff, by the way. Just just curious, especially, you know, I, I got to keep track of his mortgage and all this. So. We have to. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's for him. It's really. for So how much is the investigating staff getting paid? I don't know, but uh, the, the staff that does the investigations here at the AWA figured they'd get snookered like that. So they pieced together some conversations that Johnny V has had with Lee Marshall. And we're going to go over that right now in detail. I literally don't care. Like, they just go back to, like, footage, like, where they're, like, he's saying things. Maybe this is what it means. It's just a bad video package of Johnny V saying stuff, I don't literally. get it, because, like, is it supposed to be, like, a conspiracy? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the way they know. present it is what I mean. It's terrible. Anyway. So, we get clips now of Johnny V talking and not being Bobby Heenan, which is clearly what they want, you know? Right. We get footage of Larry's Abisco, Bad Company, the Destruction Crew, Patera and Reingans. Mm. By the way, I got just got to say, Patera looks even worse than he did in WWF at the end here. Just, like, right. just, just chunky thighs. You know what I will say, though? Flabby. Here's the thing, is that this roster sucks so much that, like, Ken Patera is, like... He's, he actually doesn't look like the worst person on the roster. Like, I can't even believe I'm saying that. He's close. But it's just like everyone is so B-tier in this company. Oh, God. That it's like Patera almost looks like actually better. Maybe, but I mean... I thought this was like the best I, I've ever seen Patera in this era, I mean. Oh, 87, no doubt. But it's because of what he's surrounded by. It's not that he's good. It's just that it's like everything else just sucks no, so much. It does suck. You're right. We're getting nowhere on the show as we get a big, proud graphic of Johnny V's stupid face with a, who will it be, written underneath. What is this shit? I don't know. Why are they wasting my time with Who this? does he manage? Who I, cares? Nobody cares. <laughs> and you know what the thing is? We know who it is. Who is it? Because I don't remember. It's, it's destruction Seriously. crew. Oh, you're right. Remember new, more nutritious and all that. <laughs> like he was like their manager. You're right. You, that's who it is, right? Yeah. We're more nutritious. Back to Larry Nelson. Now we're bad company. That would, of course, be Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka. Good tag team. They're there. He tries to stir up some shit, but Tanaka is funny here. He said he's had enough of his shit, and he threatens to knock Larry out with like the high pitched voice. He's like, "I don't like you. I'm gonna knock you out, man." And then, and then the worst thing is then Paul Diamond talks, and he's even like more high pitched. Great. Like no wonder these guys never talk. You know, this is the last time I'm gonna tell you. If you say it again, I'm gonna knock you out. I've had about enough of this dissension. Basically, Tanaka says Johnny V, no, he's not going to be their fucking manager. But then Diamond butts in with his voice to say how they need to focus on Greg Gagne and Tom Zink. Again, they, this is why they needed Fuji. Like, <laughs> seriously, this is bad. Well, I don't know. I think I think I'm it's kind of fun. Drop it in. Everyone needs to know what these dorks. They sound like dorks. Yeah, we'll let people decide for themselves, right? Uh, Paul Diamond then bitches about how the Olympics, that of the Olympians, that would be Patera and Rankins. They suck ass. They shouldn't be the champions. Larry Nelson wants to know where DDP is. Apparently, I don't. <laughs> apparently, DDP is their manager. And Tanaka's like, oh, he's signing some new uh, Diamond dolls right now. And Diamond's like, uh, what do you mean? You guys didn't tell me about that. That was kind of funny. <laughs> Kevin Kelly or something. <laughs> He's signing some new diamond dolls right now. I mean, what do you mean? You guys didn't tell me about it. Well, we were going to, but we didn't get a chance. Hey, what? How you I called you. You weren't home. You didn't know about it. We're, go we're going right now. Back to whoever this fat congressman of a ring announcer is here for a ladies' match. 
He introduces first Miss Kitty, not that Miss Kitty. No, not the, not the Jerry the King one. No, not yeah. that one. Her opponent is the Dazzler, not that not, Dazzler. Not, not that Dazzler. This is the lady version. And her hair looks like a dried out Christmas wreath or something. Wolf. Yeah, I know. Uh, Marty Miller is going to be our referee here as Dazzler yells shit at the crowd. So that, I guess that makes her the heel. Apparently, Dazzler recently almost beat Wendy Richter, the ladies champion. Where was she on this show? I wish they she was here. to her. I like her. Yeah. Uh, Miss Kitty is very spunky, but she gets taken down by the hair and into an armbar by the Dazzler. As Vern says, uh, Joe Blanchard trained Miss kitty and uh joe blanchard also played football you know <laughs> like, oh my god why are we bringing that up <laughs> so boring kitty with an armbar which is also one of joe blanchard's favorite moves i don't care about <laughs> joe blanchard just stop talking about him he's like a hundred by this point <laughs> he's the awa president you know nobody even knows who he is it's Tully's dad yeah, i know that but i'm saying in 1989 no, no one, one cares like no one gives a shit double leg takedown by dazzler and a kick to the uh kitty Crowd is like very dismayed by that well, kick to know, the kitty. It was there. a kitty kick. Yeah. <laughs> Irish whip and a worst drop toe hold I've ever seen in life into a very crappy grapevine submission by the thrilling. Dazzler. Yeah, Absolutely thrilling. Irish whip again by the Dazzler and the knee as Vern says Wendy Richter has gotten lots of offers from Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Sure. To do what? Her career's over by <laughs> this point. Ever ever since she left WF because of the spider lady and all that. Yeah, that like, wasn't her fault, though. It wasn't Vince her fault, her but my, my point is, is like she never was anything ever again. That's a shame. Too. I feel bad. She was talented. Yeah, she I mean, really she was, was on the cover of WF magazine she, and all that. And was she on Sports Illustrated even with No, hosts? no, no, no. But she was. She was good. Wendy literally, Richter was over, like, and she was good. I have to say this about Wendy Richter. Literally, like the original like boom of WF. It was basically like fifty fifty Hulk and Wendy. Like it really was fifty maybe maybe fifty forty. More about the other ten. Oh, well, we'll just say it was like Fuji Vice or something. I don't know. But like, but my point is, it's like she was instrumental. She was very because of the Lopper thing. The Cindy Lopper angle that helped get Richter over. Right. It helped everyone. And like Wendy Richter was actually like idolized. She had a good look. Right. She really did. It's weird that they like, you know, they made a decision and they were they were just like, we're not fucking Moolah, man. Yeah. Because Moolah was like, no, I got to be the champion. Why? No, you're 60 literally like enough like it remember remember they've talked about this how like vince had to convince her yes. to like like yes. vince vince had to vince. do this because he didn't technically own the belt or something yeah it's her he had to racket like, that she ran he had to like pay her like ransom money to like lose like i'm not even making any of that thank up. goodness sherry martell came in again to finally get well, it off she for finally once and for mopped all. the fucking floor Ugh. with her like sherry was just like enough she <laughs> yeah, would beat the shit out of her get away from me yeah. uh lee marshall now says richter is better than the fabulous moolah and mm-hmm. you know what i'm okay with that yeah, she is <laughs> she it's true <laughs> dazzler with some chops irish whip again flying crossbody by kitty gets two stinks it's very like back and forth but in like the annoying way you know the where way there's I no heat there's like no, i don't care either way yeah. which way it goes i know what you mean like that yep uh kitty gets two off a lateral press as Vern brings up now his friend from maine this was amazing i couldn't believe this jackie nichols <laughs> you can't make this shit up like oh, he's just oh my friend from maine like, he sh- just brings this it's almost like terry tyrell and jade yeah. or like something like that or barry blaustein yeah. like the jesse stuff right but it's like this is like the Vern version my friend jackie nichols who <laughs> from like, Maine. From Maine. 
Like, he doesn't even live there, Vern. Like, I don't understand. How are they friends? Do they, can you imagine, like, Vern coming home from work, and he's like, you know, he says hi to the wife and stuff, and then he gets on the phone with Jackie Nichols. Like, Jackie. I, it's like, this is what happened today. I had a great day today. We had a great program. Uh, the Dazzler took on uh, Miss Kitty. You know who that is. Uh, she met, I mentioned you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, like, Fuck. Jackie sitting in a rocking chair looking at his lake in Maine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of bunk port like, somewhere or something like that. Just talking on an old, like, rotary phone <laughs> like, about their day. Blanky on his lap. Yeah, Irish whip by Dazzler, and she tries something. Even Vern, this was funny. He's like, I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> they botched something. Snaps to play by the Dazzler. You want know, Tony the Tiger talks about his license plate for literally no reason. Hey, Vern, did you know my license plate says suplex? <laughs> like, that's it's, real. It's unbelievable. Did you know that's what my license plate says, by the way? What's that? Suplex. Your license plate? Yeah, my, my California license plate. Dazzler up to the top rope here with a pretty damn good moonsault for the win. That was better than the opener, at least. Yeah, it, I couldn't believe this good ending. Like, everything sucked, and then all of a sudden she whips out this fucking, like, awesome. backflip thing. Yes. And then you're just like, wait, is that, like, the gimmick of her? Like, that's all she's got, probably, like, because ever, everything else sucked. Well, it's like Superfly Splash, man. Yeah, it is. It's, it's her Superfly Splash, but it's like, I mean, that's a damn good move, but, I mean, you need to shorten these matches a little bit because Got we qu- just need to get to the backflip because that's her whole thing. Got a question for you. Did that finish dazzle you? It did. She's done her job there. Yep. Very nicely done. We go to the announcers now at the actual announce table where Vern is like all upset like oh why is no oh, no one's helping Miss Kitty. And then he like apologizes for being angry like <laughs> over and over again but he wasn't even he wasn't really, angry. He just said like what? Why isn't anybody like all like <laughs> yeah. casually? And, yeah. then, and then like two seconds after he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I, I shouldn't have yelled. Like, it, like he says something like that. Like I shouldn't have yelled. He, like, didn't he, didn't yell. Yell. he, he just gets all like concerned that he like offended the audience. He, by, should, he should be more upset for talking about Jackie Nichols. The Jackie Nichols was more annoying. Larry Nichols, dad. Yeah. Back to Larry Nelson again, who hypes up some show at the Toma High School tonight. Yes, that's High real. Gym. Yes, it's yes. real. Uh, ticket info is going to be available at the First Bank of Toma. Is there even a second one? <laughs> Mega Foods and Miller Drug. Miller Drug. Miller Drug. I wonder. You know, they are in like the Midwest. You think it's owned by Miller, like the beer company? I don't think so. They might own all the commerce in, in the Midwest. They may. Yeah. Uh, Larry Zabisco now wanders in to cut a stupid promo. Uh, why? Why is he the champ with the stupid ice cream colored suit? Like he looks like an idiot. He looks like butter pecan ice cream. Who thought that this was it? Like, Vern. Yeah, Vern. Well, it's because his daughter was married. Yeah, it's his son-in-law. Horrible. That's the best they had, folks, and that's not a joke. That's yeah. literally the best they had was Larry Zabisco, who the last time he really was successful, really was on his own, was 1980, and because of Bruno. Harry Zabisco is like a like the biggest huckster of wrestling throughout the eighties. Like he, he would just go around to places that were like weak, and he would be like, well, I'm, "I'm good. I was a lower mid carder in WF in 1980." And then I feuded with the guy, my mentor. I trained. I trained under him. You know, I like, had a match up with Bruno San Martino, so that, I am good. That, that he he literally rode that his whole career. That's his. That's his. That's his entire it. Even that's his it, nickname. That's all it is. It's all based on that. Anyway, he's going to be facing Wahoo, who's still wrestling. Seems like a way bigger name, to be absolutely honest with I you. I know, Wahoo's good. Wahoo, this is coming off his, like, NWA run where he was amazing. Yes. You know what I it mean? It is, like, yeah. This is, like, he's not, like, an unknown person. No, I like Wahoo. He's think... way too big for <laughs> yeah, AWA. So Larry rambles on, to, and he's like, you know what I'm talking about? And Larry Nelson's like, I never know what you're talking I about. I don't either. And so. I don't want to. <laughs> Zabisco wonders what happened to the real man, and why can't we build pyramids? today 
Something also about like 80 senators, <laughs> but he's what? a real man. I don't know what. It's horrible. Does he just ramble until he makes a point? I don't know what he does. I don't know what anything he ever is talking about. Like, other than go, I'm surprised he didn't say, "Oh, should Dazzler should have gone in the kitchen," like you know, like that shit. I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't say, "Oh, what a tangled web we weave," yeah. you know, and shit like that. Didn't do the stupid thing with his finger. Sucks. Uh, horrible. Also, he can kill a bear with his bare hands. What is he, Danny Hod? <laughs> anyway, Larry uh, says. It's my way or the highway, but the highway for Wahoo is from Larryland to Oblivion. I don't care. He sucks. I don't care. Also, you know how he would kill a bear if it wandered into Bruno's yard? Yeah, it's the only the only way that would prompt him to do it. Yes. Also on this card tonight at this high school is going to be Greg Gagne and Tom Zank taking on Bad Company. Ken, this is a bad company. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Patera taking on Colonel De Beers plus Tommy Jammer. Just a reminder, this card is actually in a high school gym. Yeah, just saying. Just just I mean, not that I haven't been to cards in a high school gym, but WWF. No yeah, less. I've been to WWF in a high school gym, but I'm just was it during it out. a good business period no, for exactly, them? Exactly, and no. that's that's all we need to know. Whenever high school gym is on the end of a, a <laughs> like, a, we're going to be here. You know the shape the company well. is in, or you know how much they because even I've known WF to to this day to do it sometimes, but it's only if it's like a really big one and yes. like you know what I'm saying, like that they're just kind of. They're like, oh, we can make a quick buck. We can buck. make a quick buck. Yeah, we can just get in and get out. But Quinn, it is now time for our Matt Classic segment. That's right. We're going to see a little clip of a wrestling match from the past. Brought to you by Mars. The, <laughs> Mars. the way they say it, like, I know it's Mars, the company. Yes. But the cadence, it sounds like the planet. This is from Mars. <laughs> Their economy must be poor if all they can afford is, like, this shitty AWA. <laughs> I'm talking about the economy of Mars. The planet. The planet. Yes. The Martians are poor right now. All we can afford is Vern. This week's Matt Classic is being brought to you by Mars. I don't know who the blonde lady is that introduces this. Uh, sorry, but she's definitely reading cue cards. She's wearing some red suit looking sultry Trying in like a very blue cardboard room that has a poster of the junkie wrestler movie <laughs> and a picture of Nick Bachman. Like, all of this is real. 100% all of it is one. It's there. The wrestler movie from 15 years ago. Yeah, that by nobody the way. even remembers at this point. Bachwinkle's not even in the company. He was in WF recently. Yeah, remember an Bobby agent. Heenan brought him in or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's real. But anyway, we're going to see Ox Baker taking on Ivan Putsky. Yay, Putsky. All right, okay. that's good. I yeah. like him. Uh, so we go to it, and it's like Gordon's film room, except absolutely worse. Why is this in slow motion, folks? The whole time? It's in slow motion. All of it. It is. It's seriously. Like, it's, it's like point. 25x speed yes. the whole time and there's like people mumbling over it's, it it's and Marshall and, and it's, Vern it's horrible yeah yeah Ivan's Ivan's had that move for quite a while well you can see the difference in size there Ox Baker you know uh, according to size should be manhandling a guy like Putsky but he's not and uh, Lee Marshall says Ivan uh, is a gymnasium owner now <laughs> and it's something about pierogies like, he makes a good pierogi they're just like, talking what? about nothing they're, it's supposed to be like they're in a, like in their like Vern's like living room yes! from the wrestler when he had, remember when he had the tape yes like, it's supposed to be like that where they're just like they're making like stupid jokes the whole time and they're not funny like you know what I'm Kinda saying? Kind of like us, yeah. You know, very similar to us, yeah. But it, you know, like Gordon's film room. This is Vern's living room. Uh, but seriously, folks, it looks like it was filmed by Abraham Zapruder. I'm yes. fucking. It's horrible. Yes, of the Zapruder tape. Yes, fame. of course. Uh, Vern says this is the land of opportunity, and Ivan took advantage of it. Uh, 
Baker with some kicks to Fat Putzky here. Yeah, in point one five x speed again. Terrible. Like, and it makes him the fat jiggle, and like everything it's about bad. it is bad. Why are they showing this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why did you televise this? This is the worst thing I've seen yet. Lee and Vern, honestly, they sound like they're in a dentist waiting room. Hi, here we are watching this match. It's absolutely horrible. Terrible. Like, this is one of the worst segments ever. No, really, but. Putsky does have his heroic beard, at least, Quinn. Yep, and a beer belly. This is that. This is the Putsky that I love, though. It, it's amazing that he wrestled this long with the fat beer belly because I, he's not really like he really like gets puts that out of the like oh, he does not it. look. He doesn't have that later, like by seventy seven or something. Like, yeah, seventy nine by, by like the late seventies. Yeah. That's totally gone. The beer belly. Seriously, uh, too bad it's in slow motion. Lee Marshall sounds like he's calling the Ryder Cup here. The camera sucks so bad that even Vern makes fun of it. Like, the camera's, like, hanging over the ropes. Yeah. Anyway, body slammed by Ivan here. As Lee Marshall makes some big fuss about how big his legs are. It doesn't matter. None of it matters because it's in slow motion, Joe. The referee has Morty Seinfeld trousers. Ox falls on top of Putski during a slam because some manager interferes as the film now speeds up. Wait, Putski loses? I hate that. <laughs> what the fuck? And as far as this manager is concerned, Lee Marshall, literally, there's whoever that is. Yeah, like, some guy comes in and Lee doesn't even know. Like, it's okay if we don't know. We're not professionals here. This isn't airing on television. But they put this on the air and Lee Marshall's like, there's some guy. I Wasn't don't know. Vern there? Couldn't yes. he at least tell him? Couldn't he have told him ahead of time? Yeah. Don't they know? They don't know. And Baker's going to get the win and there's whoever that is. So we come back to Nori Helm, which is her name, apparently. And this was August of 1975. As Ivan Putsky would say, Nostrovia. She seriously reminds me of Carol Miller from Get the Let Out. She was like a DJ on like this classic rock station. She might still be. I haven't listened to Q104 in forever. She might still be talking about this. Yes. And all she does is like just go on and on and on well, about it. Well, yeah. She has a segment called Get the Let Out where she's like, well, 1969, Jimmy Page, before they recorded a whole lot of love. You know, it's just awful. She I sounds remember, like her teeth are falling out when she talks. I remember hanging out in their, in their locker room or whatever it was. It's and- sad. At this time in 1979, Led Zeppelin were the big winners of the prestigious annual Melody Maker Magazine Reader's Poll in England. Larry Nelson now wants to promote tonight's house show main event, so he brings in Wahoo proudly storming in in his headdress like yep. it's, it's enormous just it takes up the whole frame <laughs> and to quote our good friend gorilla monsoon boy did he get fat <laughs> yeah he's, he's a little chub yeah, a little chub nice golf shirt though he says larry is a fucking asshole and compares himself to a bear or whatever i don't know it's actually a good promo like very wahoo it's I, I don't bad. have an issue with this no, promo it's okay it's fine wahoo then compares himself to a lawnmower yeah that's that's it's only like at the very end he goes off the rails and he's like i'm gonna catch up to you like a lawnmower like, what well oh i know the yard oh bruno's yard could you imagine if it really was like a quip about that that'd be amazing i'm gonna mow that fucking lawn yeah anyway not a bad promo but who cares he's fighting larry's abisco so we cut to Larry Nelson again. Larry on this show. Hyping up Greg Gagne versus Akio Sato, who uh, Larry says has an Oriental background. With the Oriental background. Allegedly, this will be good or something. Yeah, allegedly. It's for the international TV title. (laughs) International. Uh, Back to the C-SPAN ring announcer here, who we find out his name is Dick Jonkowski. Uh, this match is for, yes, the International Television Championship. And why is it international? It's not, is that Quinn. just to, Is that just because the WCW one is world TV? I mean, that's really what I think happened. They just were like, ours is bigger somehow. Yeah, it's not. World and international mean the same shit. <laughs> like, just stop it. It's true. Akio Sato is introduced first, looking very Shinja. Yeah, he's looking a lot younger 
than he looked like only a couple months later at WrestleMania. He still looks motivated here. He actually yeah. still looks like a wrestler here. He also looks less pudgy. He looks okay. It's amazing. It just I guess it all went downhill in like the next six months or something. Pretty much. Yeah. His opponent's Greg Gagne looking like a PE teacher here. It's Coming terrible. In all happy and like four people are like oh, oh there he is uh, the rest enough. of the crowd is like who is hulk hogan on this Wait. like he, the, the eternal question well because it's greg ganya enough right. with him enough with him he's got like streaks of gray like in the i know in, the in front his of eyebrows his you know what i mean like everything he, you know like when he's just starting to get old that yes. looks nice guy and everything yeah i no, like that, greg I, I actually do i like greg to be honest with you like just a little thing about greg here is like every time i hear him talk level-headed it's, it's level-headed and it sounds like he was the guy like literally sounding the alarms for years yeah, in Vern's head that like hey this shit sucks <laughs> like you know what i mean like loyal to his dad and loyal wouldn't to his bad dad them, and but. wouldn't badmouth them but he was but it, it sounds very obvious that he was like pleading with Vern to like, like you gotta things. change like yeah for years yeah and like even all the boys recognized that they said like yeah Greg pushed for it yeah it just it was so hard to yeah. change Vern's mind mm -hmm. about this that's it that's yeah. pretty much what it is so we go to break and then we go back to Larry Nelson again who says it's time for our main event we know we just saw the entrances back to ringside now as I noticed the ref has a shirt on talk to Quinn <laughs> which is very annoying very annoying <laughs> always some, one of our biggest pet peeves immediately like Sloppy. takes me out of the match it's just, just like look at this fucking slob talk it in it's yeah. not hard <laughs> you're supposed to be the official yeah you know what I mean I know like, how do you like fuck that up he looks like Jeff Foxworthy did you notice yeah. <laughs> So it looks like heroin Hogan. Sato with a kick here. I should mention Sato is dressed like Bruce Lee with like the black karate pants, but he has boots on for some reason. That's rare, right? Yeah, it's he's like the usually, weird combo. Yeah, usually barefoot. Uh, by the way, I know you didn't catch this, but that's actually Ray Stevens now on commentary with oh, that's Lee Marshall. Ray yes. Steven. Okay. Uh, but Lee doesn't introduce They mentioned my Ray Steven before. Yeah. There was like, the, remember Carol Miller? She was like, she said something stupid like, oh, this guy. Ray Stevens. It, it was amazing because she said. I'm Carl Miller. I, I got to bring this up. But like she said that Ray Steven said that Ivan Putsky's face is like a horror show. And I felt like that was like kind of crazy coming from Ray Steven. There was a time where I was on uh, Carol Miller getting a lot out. Sorry. Why is uh, Ray Steven on commentary, Quinn? What do you think? What's your theory? I guess Vern can't call his son's matches or you something. Think that's, do you really think that's what Vern it is? Vern is that old school. Like, he's I just can't like, do I can't, it. I can't interfere. Like, I don't want to, like, push him too much. I'm going to keep the TV title on him until we got a business. Right, But yeah. I can't call his matches. Right. Like, what? Because I can't, like, be seen as, like, cheering for right. him. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, Greg. Even though he's, like, his career is practically over. Yeah, he's done in 89. Yeah. yeah. Greg retires in 89. Sato works the leg, though, with a variety of leg-related ouchies, as Ray says it's very hard to break an ankle in wrestling boots, at least. Way too much time left on the show for this match, by the way. Like, mm -hmm. I looked when we were doing Way it's too like much time. 17 minutes yeah, or something. It's I don't like wanna, horrible. I don't like that. Knees to the neck by Sato, as nobody cares. He tries a flying stupid off the rope, but Greg moves. Stomach breaker now by Sato anyway, because fuck you. As we get a nice view of nobody in the crowd. Not even, there's, like, they, there's like this side view, and you just see a black hole. Like, just nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, this hideous referee takes like 17 years to make a very slow two count. Even Ray and Lee Marshall give him shit for that he would have had a pin on him here if that referee would have got over there the referee badly out of position i mean you gotta call him as it is ray very referee small. very much out of position on that one five minutes have gone by the accountant says this very sternly <laughs> like on the side it's like five <laughs> fucking minutes <laughs> five minutes he time five minutes 
Nerve Basato. Really ramping up the excitement. <laughs> yeah, aren't we? Nerve. Nerve. Vulcan nerve pinch. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Greg elbows out, but Sato with a knee off the ropes and back to the nerve hole. Why is Akio Sato wrestling like 1995 Yokozuna? It's very upsetting. Like, it, it's just Seriously. So, such a waste of time. It's just nerve hold. Uh, <laughs> Greg Kanye looks like Harry Shearer does now. <laughs> you know him from The Simpsons. Right, right. He does. He looks like, look it up, folks. Snap Mario to escape a Back to the nerve hold. Meanwhile, Lee Marshall talks about baseball or something and like bees. It's all bad. What is he talking about? I don't know. This is just nothing. This is absolutely nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a bunch of kicking at a nerve hold. It's not even wrestling. It's just laying around and they're trying to act like the nerve hold is somehow fucking up Greg's hand, but I don't care. Nobody cares. Greg elbows out again, but Sato chops him back down again. We did this spot already. Like we literally. Here's the, here's the thing. I gotta say this, is I appreciate Greg is trying to make, like, a story out no, of this nerve is. hold. I'm not gonna take that away from, it's just boring It's a fuck. bad story. It's a, boring, yeah, it's a boring story. It's like, it's like, the book is written well. It's yes. just the book's plot is bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, both are executing properly. Right. It's just like, it's a horrible plot. Yeah, that's like, it. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. No one wants... No, no, no care. Who cares? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Had enough of this. This is why we don't review AWA that much. Because it always winds up pissing us off. It's, it's always us just talking about something else. Well, because everyone's always the good wrestling. The what? What good wrestling? <laughs> this is bad. This isn't entertaining. <sighs> to the second rope and elbow by Sato for another slow motion two count here. And guess what we're back to, Quinn? The nerve hold. Come on! <laughs> I wanted to fast forward it so bad. Oh. Like, Joe, I was, I was this close because now I watch it on a PC. Yeah. I was this close of like hitting the mouse button on like the scroll thing just to like skip. just a couple like five minutes later. Oh, just because it's just horrible. It really tests your nerves, yeah. doesn't it? Huh? Uh, Greg to the corner now to break. Couple of left hands get it because his right hand hurts. Corner whip, but Greg is still saying the whole right side of his body from the nerve hold. So Sato puts him on the nerve hold again. And, and like literally, we're still, it's 10 minutes in now. Okay, we get it. Sato's offense consists of giving Greg a cramp. For fucking 10 minutes. It is hideous. It is horrible. And I don't like it. And I never want to see it again. Like, it's so bad, Joe. So this is where we find out the name of the referee. Dark Star. So I look this Wait, up. what? Yes, literally. Dark, Dark Star. Star. Why is he called that? Well, That's that was just name. his name. Well, because he was a radio personality. This is all Excuse real. Excuse me? <laughs> his real he's name got, is... He, he's got the look for radio. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Untucked shirt. His real name is George Chappelle. No relation to Dave, <laughs> and he was a local radio personality that sometimes did wrestling refereeing, and you could tell that he was very sometimes about it, because he doesn't tuck the shirt in or count <sighs> properly. Anyway, Lee says we could be watching the piece-by-piece piece destruction of a champion. I think he meant promotion, and I think <laughs> that promotion is the AWA. Mm -hmm. uh, to the outside now, where Sato slams Greg into the timekeeper's table and then goes right back in and stands around. What was this random table shit Nothing. like in the middle of the match? Like it's like oh nerve hold, nerve hold, hold oh table spot, and then and he then, just stands there stupidly. Yeah, yeah. nothing going on. Greg hops on the apron, gets chopped back down. He finally gets back in with this fiery comeback, which includes a back body drop and a drop kick. Yep, he's a house of Minnetonka all of a sudden. <laughs> Lake House of Minnetonka. Yeah. Ray Stevens calls it a French Dipper or something, which is amazing. I love Ray. Can Stevens. I just say it's amazing that Ray Steven is on commentary, it's great. Here, especially after all of our background with yes. him now. Oh, the good old French Dipper. Like, yeah. what is that? This is what he was born to do. It's He's just so a good. shame that this match sucks so oh, much. I know, because uh, Ray is great. What a, what I a, love him. What a horrible time to use Ray Steven. 
Like, you know Seriously. what I mean? He should have been doing the whole show. He is one of my favorite personalities ever. I actually yes, really I, like him. I can't believe, like, how much hees grown on me. He's great. I, he's, he's amazing. And this is not, like, the 80s is not even his best work. Why didn't, like, Vince hire him to be on commentary in the 80s? Because he's great. He like, did a little bit of an 84. In WF? Yeah. I know, but we saw it once in... No, in, he did it later. Oh, like, later. Yeah, don't worry. For, like, a whole show? Yeah. Oh, I want to say that. It'll happen. Uh, Sleep Ah by Greg, but Sato breaks on the ropes. And they call it the, like, Gagne sweep. Is that a thing? No. Like, I don't even remember that. That's just Lee Marshall being yeah. stupid. He's like, a Gagne dropkick, a Gagne sleeper. Like, like what? Vern Shut invented up. all these holes yeah. or something. Like, I mean, he is from, like, dinosaur times, but still. No, like, Luthez I don't, would have invented I think Luthez stuff. handled that. And I think. Strangler Luthez. Yeah, I think Greg, or Vern Greg was Burns. just, like, a hanger on or whatever. George Burns. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> corner whipped by Greg, but he misses the charge. George Burns invented wrestling. Yeah. George Burns. <laughs> Fuck you, Gracie. He is old as shit. <laughs> Even in like the eighties, he was like seven thousand. He was always like, old. Yeah. It's like Bob Hope. Is he still alive? No, I would. You know, here's ago. the thing: is if you said he was, I would believe it. I know. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't want to lie to you. You could you could tell people that George Burns is still alive, and people would be like, "Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense." Like, yeah. Well, who who's really old and still alive? Betty White. There yeah. you go. She's, she's the she's new George Burns. Georgina Burns. Georgina Burns. Sada the oh, this match is still going on. Sorry, Sada the second rope, but he misses a flying nothing. Big rights by Greg, so I guess his hand is fine now. So the, all that work they did about the right hand, right hand, cramp, cramp. Now yep. he's fine. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Sada reaches into his tights for some ceremonial salt. It took him like four years to get. I'm not <laughs> kidding. There's like he's just like. Dun, 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 dun. And the yeah. refs like like the radio guy is like looking at him like he's yeah. like hey what are you doing over there <laughs> he's like hey is that salt yeah um, what are you doing and then it's, maybe he's like going like hey Vern is that salt <laughs> or hey Ray Steven you know he's like asking people and meanwhile like Sato's just taking like I don't know he's like sweet ass time yeah it's like he's putting together a fucking TPS report or something <laughs> like it's so long it's terrible uh, and then Darkstar finally calls for the bell all this for that the cramp. <laughs> And all, and then it's just all salt to the face. Uh, fuck it, like bye. Horrible. What the an, show just ends after this? What an absolutely dreadfully boring piece of shit yeah. match that was. Yeah, that's the that's the final match. That is. Tommy yeah. Jammer now runs in to make the save. He's dressed like California Games on NES, by the way. Like he, I don't. Even, who is that guy? Yeah, but we've seen him before somewhere. He stinks. I actually, by this point, we've because I couldn't tell it was Ray Stevens' voice, I thought that this was the guy on commentary the whole time. No, because I was like, wow, he sounds old as fuck. No, no, no. Like, but anyway, obviously, because of the salt, you're winner by DQ and still the International Galactic Multiverse Television and Radio Champion. Is Good Greg to know they have, t- they have TV out there. <laughs> there should have been a radio champion. Yeah, there would... should be to this day, like a podcast champion. Oh, that'd be great. Some like, promotion should do How do you wrestle do that? on a podcast? That'd Doesn't be, matter. That'd be some creative wrestling. Like, it how would. do we use audio to convey wrestling? That's a good idea. Someone should do that. Shakara should do that. Yeah, the radio championship. The radio championship. Tommy Jammer gives Greg a towel to wipe the salt away as Lee Marshall laments how shitty it was for Greg Gagne to get hit with the salt. As we go back to Larry Nelson with Greg Gagne again in a suit this time. I hate this show. Larry Nelson also asked Greg what exactly... What the, what is this question? He's like, uh, Greg, what exactly was that that is Sato this, threw in your eyes? Is this guy serious with that? Like, every, like they said it then... <laughs> Everyone knows this. Like, it's just very common in wrestling that if, you know, you got your old school oriental Japanese or Japanese or whatever, they they throw salt because it's ceremony, ceremonial salt. (laughs) Right. Why? How does he not know? (laughs) He said, what what, what was that? And he's like 100 years old, too. So, like, you would think he would know. What was that stuff he threw in your eyes? Well, that was salt, Larry. You know, the Japanese have a ritual before they go in the ring. They throw the salt to the winds. 
Greg's like, yeah, it was salt, dummy. Yeah. Uh, and then he bitches about the salt before t- plugging tonight's match, you know, the Toma High School, with Tom Zenk against Bad Company for a shot at the tag belt. So let me get this straight. Greg Ganya is getting a shot at the tag belt. Isn't the TV title good enough? <sighs> Gotta have that in the high school gym fight because, you know, everyone really wants to see the tag title and all yeah. that shit. Well, because it's not enough, Quinn. You know, he's TV title and now he's got to get the tag right, title. Yeah. Really? Double champion. But Vern won't call his matches because he doesn't want to appear biased. Anyway, he brings in now, which is pretty funny, the debuting. This is amazing. Scott Norton, who looks like a giant baby. <laughs> yep, 16-year-old Scott Norton <laughs> over here. He's like, hi, I'm working on at Vern's barn or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like He's like... I'm working on the barn. It's been good. Yeah. <laughs> All huffy and like yeah. doesn't know what to say. Literally, another guy here only because of the school. Yeah, like, school. He's, he ain't going to be here Get after this shit. Fuck over. out of here. Went to Japan and yeah. stuff and was good. It's like, thanks for teaching me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a Zuba's tank top. Which is incredible, but not way. like Yeah, but the thing is... It's not the Zuba's pattern. It just no. It's just the says Zuba's just the brand. Scott Flash Norton against Mean Mike Enos. Are you nervous? No, I'm not nervous one bit. I've been training very hard. Everything I've ever done. Anyway, he says he's facing Mean Mike Enos tonight, and he's not nervous about it. He's also good at arm wrestling, apparently, yeah, according to him. Yeah, well, probably is, actually. You see, that guy's I mean, a big his, guy. His arms are big. Uh, t- Norton says taking bumps isn't easy. I don't think he's supposed to say that. As we fade away and we sadly cut off. God, this stunk ass. Just way too slow. So many stupid segments. I hated this. Yeah, I agree with you. This was uh, this was actually bad. Although I like the Bad Company interview, but I'm in the minority, apparently. But yeah, this but- was really boring and stupid and directionless and just... I am pissed off that we watched this. I, I don't want to watch it. I want to watch something good next week. Well, AWA... Tell me now. It's, it'll be good one day, <laughs> but today isn't that day. No, it is not. Uh, next week, please, somebody, just anyone, find us something good to watch. I don't want to do this anymore. Quinn, we might have to do like Continental or something. Oh, something that's feel good. It, it's been a while. I can't do the bad wrestling. I'm too old for this shit. We have to do something good. <laughs> Enough. It what? was the first bad one in a bit, though. Oh, yeah, but it's watching it, a nerf off! It's funny. <laughs> It's funny that this pissed you off enough that you've now you you've convinced your mind that you watched a ton of bad wrestling just from like one show. We watch a lot of bad too, though. We to do, be fair. but the last one was okay. This one just really irritated me. Yeah, uh, but anyway, folks, let us know what you uh, what you want us to review. We'll we'll take suggestions. We, yeah. we stop doing them. We'll still take them. You just haven't given them to us. Yeah. The, the only criteria is that they need to be like a one hour syndicated. Right. We don't do two Generally, hour things on the show. Up to 40 minutes. Yeah. One hour syndicated or cable, yeah. I mean, but like not a pay per view. Yeah. We're <laughs> not doing that for this. Don't give us a Saturday night's main event. Mm-hmm. If it's an hour, it's under consideration. And anyway, folks, thank you so much for being with us here as we have romped you through yet again another week in the world of retro wrestling. Uh, we do love doing this despite the AWA, and we will be back next week. In the meantime, be sure to send in some suggestions for the up-and-comers that never came and reviews. That'll be fine, too. Next week will be the Royal Rankings Week 2. And if you want to really help us out, you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review. And again, of course, if you want to donate and get the extra content, you can do that at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But until next week, until next time, I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn, and we will see you in July. See ya. You know, there used to be a creature, Larry, roamed the earth thousands of years ago, built the pyramids over in Egypt, marched through all the nations, and they shuddered when Rome conquered the world. And then all of a sudden, the creature died out. All the materialism or whatever it was 
Do you know what I'm talking about? I never know what you're you don't talking have an about. Idea. I'm talking about the real man. What happened to the real men of the world? How come we can't build a pyramid today? Well, you know what? In the wrestling ring, we've got one of the few left, and that's me, the heavyweight champion of the world. And tonight, Wahoo, you're going to run into one of the last of the real men, a man who isn't the speaker of the house like Mr. Wright, a man who doesn't have to hunt deer with a machine gun, a man that could kill a bear with probably his bare hands. This is the man tonight you're going to run into, the man with, with the motto in life that's heard from one end of this country to the other, because I'm the last of a kind, and it's my way through the highway. Will you stop? stop, stop, stop.